This is Breakfast with Champions, an opportunity for you to get a seat at the table. We have a lineup full of champions today, starting with Joy Farley, Trevor Houston, Danelle Delgado, an international speaker and author, all of them discussing how to become the best version of yourself. Glenn Lundy believes that if you can change the way people start their day, it'll make a massive impact in their life. So pull up a seat and let's join in on Breakfast with Champions. Who wants to flash their mics? I'll look out for the mic flashes, Liza, and we'll take a few more questions. Diane, I see you on mic next door. Good morning. Hey, girl. How are you? Better now that you're here. Yeah, well, sorry. As a retired Olympian, um, I'm sorry. I had my phone turned off, so I, I'm not sure what the question was. It was about running, right, or tracking field or being in shape. Yeah, we're talking about mid or really half t- a halftime huddle of how do we make those adjustments before halftime to get the W at the end. I'm guessing you could definitely relate to that as a runner, making those small adjustments. Is there something in your life that you making those little tweaks has made a big difference? Um, actually, um, I you know I run every morning at about five o'clock in five o'clock a.m. and um, I have people who are. DMing me and calling me all the time to say, to ask me, how do I stay in shape? How do I stay a size six? Because a lot of my counterparts, some of my retired athletes, retired friends are like heavier than I am. And I just say, well, I get up in the morning. And you know what? The routine is basic. You know, it's like, um, I'm, I'm always, I always want to get up and I always want to just run, you know, as a creature habit, just to get out there, just to stay in shape, just to stay healthy, you know, with this pandemic. Um, I just always just, I've done this for like 20 or 30, 30 years, just getting up and just running, just, you know, trying to stay in shape. And I try to convince my other friends to stay in shape. And at five in the morning, they can't get up because they're so tired, they're sleepy, you know, so I try to encourage them just to get up just to have movement. And then I also have something called active rest day. I said, okay, if you don't want to run, active rest day means you go out there, you go shopping, you walk, you jog, you do something physically to make you feel good about yourself. And that's what I always teach my clients. I teach my athletes, just get out there and just have movement, you know, just get out there and just do something that makes you want to just feel good about yourself. I'm Diane. Dixon, I'm done speaking. Thank you. Did y'all hear that? She said active rest. It also looks like shopping. So I'm going to write that one down because it came from an Olympian. So it must be true. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Oh, that was great. Uh, We appreciate those comments. You know, I think that there's, there's so much relevance between athletics and business and I would love, I don't know if Brian Benstock, I didn't see him mic flash yet this morning, um, but I think about, uh, he often talks about what he's doing to assess mid-year, uh, mid-month even, uh, relative to our customers. Um, what do we need to be doing to assess what do our customers need? Are, are, is what they're looking for different today than it was when we started the year? And customers could be anybody that we're serving in our lives. Um, I'd love to get a couple mic flashes to talk about how do we make adjustments when we recognize the behaviors of our customers might be changing. Who wants to jump in on that comment? David? 
think I saw David Hills last time. We'd love to hear from you this morning. Hey, Lisa. Thanks for uh, calling on me. I'm on a treadmill. Just going to slow down a little bit. Yeah, I love the conversation. I do that often too. I get it. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I'm in real, I'm in the real estate space. I, I work with a lot of people in the real estate space. So, Joy, you probably know this. In real estate, if we put a transaction together today, it's going to close mid-July. You hope it closes so, mid-July. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, right? But the reality is we're, we're beyond halftime in, our, in, our, in that space. So, you know, what we're doing is looking at everybody's where they are in relation to the goals that they set. We've got some clients that are above some clients that are, you know, behind where they want to be and others that are, have just killed it. They're way above, you know, so we're looking at everything and saying, okay, what worked, what didn't work. And obviously we want to focus on what works, but based on what Lisa just said, here's something that we're doing uh, is going back to all those clients post, I'm sorry, pre COVID that, that, you know, we're, we're thinking of selling and and they they never pulled the trigger because of COVID or all those people that put homes on the market when COVID first hit and then in that first four or five months took those houses off the market. So we're going back to that, those people, and we're finding a, a lot of opportunities in there and also going back deep into that database and that CRM of those people that know, like, and trust us. And I'll tell you, we're having a lot of success there. So going back as a strategy to those people pre-COVID. So my name is David. I'm done speaking. Going to get back to my run. Thank you. David, what a great, very specific, actionable piece of advice for us this morning. You know, I, I think that that was such a great point that there were a lot of customers that were in a mindset to do business with us, whatever your business is, prior to COVID, that something either might have stopped them, um, something might have changed, did change in their world uh, that affected their ability to do business at that moment. And how many of us are in businesses where we could be going back and I guess the word is mining, but recontacting and having new conversations with those customers uh, to reconnect now that hopefully COVID is moving out of our world. Uh, Let's get a couple more mic flashes. We'd love to hear halftime huddle. Are you already beyond halftime in your business? How are you assessing at this point uh, in the year of 2021 to make sure that this is a successful year in your infinite game of life or business? make sure you are moving those goalposts forward. Let's get a couple more mic flashes. I see Lewis to get us Great. started. Yeah, hey, Lewis hey, it's Lewis. Um, hey, yeah, it's Lewis. Um, yeah, I'm in med- I'm in um, pharmaceutical sales. And um, I have to constantly do uh, self-audits because it's a relationship business. <clears throat> so in 2019, I was number one. All through the pandemic, I was number one. And I did that by just staying ahead of the game. What I do is since it's a relationship sale, I always ask myself, like, you know, whenever I, I see the numbers looking kind of off a little bit, I when I do a self-audit, I ask myself, with each customer, am I an outsider, an acquaintance, a vendor, or a partner? Of course, the goal is to get the partnership. So what I do is I try to stay ahead by assessing where I am in that relationship with each, with each uh, doctor. Because if I'm a an acquaintance. I can't really ask him to do what I wanted to do and tell him a partner. So I noticed that I was making it all about me, even though it was during the, the pandemic. So I started doing a little research and I saw a lot of uh, consultants talking about empathetic selling. And then I realized that I was going into my calls, not even 
realizing that they were dealing with the pandemic. So what I did, I pivoted really quickly. And when I would talk to them, I would ask them first, it would be all about them and how they're handling the pandemic. You know, how, how has it changed the way you, um, you know, you treat patients? How has it changed the way you're, you know, the flow in your office, you know? So I made it all about them and I became more empathetic. Um, so I won president's club in 2020 and of course they switched the bonus plan up and I'm number seven right now, but, uh, that's a real good way for me to stay ahead of the, uh, you know, stay to stay ahead and anticipate any breaks in a relationship by just always knowing where I am in a relationship ladder. And on every call, I'm trying to move to the next level, uh, uh, within that relationship. Thank you. I'm Lewis. Lewis, congratulations on President's Club last last year. And I actually love that they changed the goalpost on you this year. That's just helping you up level, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. And um, I, I love some of the tips that you just shared. And I think that regardless of the industry that we are in, self-audits and assessments are relative no matter where we are in life. Um, Vicki, you were also mic flashing, I believe, right behind Lewis. We would love to hear from you this morning. Hi guys, I just wanted to just jump in to say um, thank you really for holding the room because um, I'm learning so, so much from it and I think it's all very relevant to me because I I lost my job in COVID and decided to go on a new path which is creating my own personal brand um, through content creation. So it's really, like self-audit is like the whole business model really and doing everything that all of you guys are saying so I just wanted to say thank you um I didn't I'm kind of more listening and learning today in this one but just wanted to to thank you all and let you know that I'm really enjoying it thank you I'm done speaking thank you Vicky we're so glad that you joined us at the breakfast table this morning As Glenn always says, this is the largest breakfast table in the world. And the fact that it's a virtual means that there are never a shortage of seats. So we hope that as you all are in here this morning and getting a lot of value from Coach Isaac and from Glenn and from Scott Simons uh, and from Joy and myself on this hour, please invite your friends in. Hit that plus button at the bottom. We would love to continue to add hundreds of people to our breakfast room this morning because there are no lack of chairs. The more voices we could hear, the more we can learn, the more we can grow. And as right now we go into the sixth month of the year, we're having a little halftime huddle here this morning. So Joy, I'm going to let you uh, bring up the next couple people. I love it. I'm actually going to open the hand raising too. So if you guys would like to maybe share a tip um, and go for whoever was just speaking and I'm going to go ahead and open the hand raising. Did I hear someone? Joy, speaking? I think that was my children. I was trying. <laughs> I was like, you guys, hold on. Bad timing. Um, I wanted to say, as you guys were talking, and kind of ditto what the um, gal who was right before me said, I really am loving this conversation. And my husband and I all, often talk about like the team huddle, even with our family and our children. And I know Danelle Delgado is coming on later today, and she talks about, oh, I'm echoing. That's weird. Sorry, guys. Um, She talks about that 90 day goal that she doesn't just set for herself, but she sets alongside her children and her family. And we uh, had set goals at the beginning of the year. And our yes day was supposed to be on May 1st, which is 
the day that my Nana passed away. And so realigning and repositioning after a time of grieving and, and realizing in your team huddle that there's going to be people who need that extra support. And so I love that it started with assessing the personal and professional goals of everyone in that team. Um, and then also realizing that that self-assessment is so critical from a mind, body, and spirit perspective as well. So it's been neat to chat with people offline um, over the course of the last month and everyone kind of taking that self-assessment of even how Clubhouse has played a role in their goals, um, both in a positive way and sometimes an overwhelming way, um, but that there are ways that we can all adjust and make sure that we're in alignment with what those original goals are. So thanks so much for this conversation. It's been a good one. Thanks. So good to hear your voice. I feel like I haven't heard from Tamara in like a minute. I'm like, yeah, she's back from like, you know, vacationing and where I never know where you are. It's so amazing. <laughs> we missed her. We missed her. I know, right? Well, Tamara. I brought up a couple people to the breakfast table. Monica, Tamika, and Christina would love to hear your perspective. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, champions. I loved what I think it was Liza just said, actually, maybe it was Joy, about sports and business, you know, athletics and whatnot being related. And a couple of things that popped into my mind this morning about I thought would be relevant. I'm out walking as well. I'm not a former Olympian. Um, when I started my transformation journey, I literally did not know it was a transformation journey, but it did come from a self-audit. And this is, I think, a really important point is that sometimes you don't know where that road is going to lead you. But when you do the audit, you just have to get on the road. That's really sort of in my mind, that visual of sitting either in the side, on the side of the road, on the shoulder, or are you on the road? Because when I did my self-audit, I was like, girl, you are not looking good. You are not feeling good. You feel old. You feel heavy. You feel slow. We got to do something. We don't know what it is yet, but that's our first step. So that's the first thing I wanted to say. Second thing is that once you get into executing on these new actions, Michael said this, the word habit, you've got to support yourself through community while you're building the habit, because until you can support yourself be, by being accountable to yourself, you've got to be accountable to someone else. That is so crucial. That creates the habit, which then creates long-term results. And then finally, you got to track and measure. Holy moly, if I didn't track and measure what I'm doing in my fitness and my health, I wouldn't know my, my progress. I wouldn't be able to see where I came from. I wouldn't be able to know where I'm at on my journey. So those three points I think are so crucial in habit forming and creating success, no matter what venue you're, you're in. I'm Monica and I'm complete. Thank you, Monica. I love what you just said, track and measure, because sometimes if we're just going about life, not knowing exactly where we are, one, we don't know where we're going and you don't know where you have come from. So I love that share as well. And it sounds like you're out there getting your fitness on. So keep it up, girlfriend. Tamika, good morning. Good morning, Joy. And thanks so much for bringing me up. Um, it has been a minute since I've been able to get with you guys, so I'm super excited about today. And one thing that I would love to share is the power of the pivot. Oh my God. I, my oldest daughter, and excuse me if I sound winded because I'm also trying to work out, but my oldest daughter and my grandson has recently come to live with me due to some unfortunate events 
And in that, I realized that I had to do a lot of pivoting because I'm not used to that. And um, it really brought to mind like how that shows up in business as well, too. Um, when the pandemic hit, all the things that were going on, I was doing a lot of in-person uh, summer camps and after school programs for children and things of that nature. So I really had to just pivot my business. So being able to pivot, oh my God, 2020 has taught me that if nothing else. And my daughter and grandbaby coming to stay with me has definitely taught me that. And also being in 75 hard <laughs> with you guys, this has been amazing. Um, and so I'm super excited about this. Thank you guys so much for uh, bringing me on and I'm complete. You sound like the most peaceful, like I'm working out, but I have got the best voice ever. I'm not winded. I'm just making things happen. <laughs> I love it, Tamika. Keep going, girlfriend. We're so close to, you know, one day at a time. That's what I keep on telling myself. One foot in front of the other and those good decisions will stack up to 75 days. So keep on going. Good morning, Christina. Welcome to the breakfast table. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. This is my first time in the room and I'm loving it. I'm loving everybody's tidbits and advice and inspiration. It's awesome. Um, something that I wanted to bring up that kind of just sparked um, me to get up here is um, I'm aligned to one of a founder of a large tech company and something that I've, that's always sat with me that he said and interviews, he gets interviewed a lot, and people always ask him, what's your morning routine? Like, what sets you up for success? And he always says, I don't have a morning routine, but I do get up every day and I read. He's like, that's the thing that I do every day. But he says, this is the part that sits with me, is you have to do something that works for you. You have to have a routine that works for you. Everybody's is different but you don't know what really works for you until you try. So if you're not a morning runner, how do you know you're not a morning runner until you actually try? And I think that has always sat with me and I've always tried to try new things to figure out, am I this person? Am I the person to get up in the morning and to do these things? Um, am I more of a night owl where I can be more productive? I think it's always good to do this, these self audits and figure out know what is the best routine for me but how will I know until I try what different people are doing um, so I just wanted to share that because that's always worked for me and I've always seen that as a as a really as a really great way to to try and change things up and you know figure out figure out what works for you thank you so much for having me Christina, this is Liza I am so grateful that you are at our breakfast table this morning. I think you mentioned this might be your first time with us, and we are so glad that you found us. We hope that you'll be here with us every morning on Breakfast with Champions from 5 a.m. to 11 and uh, bring in some friends. But the tip that you just gave just resonated with me in an incredible way, because I think one of the most important things when we talk about a halftime huddle and when we're talking about adjustments is it is so easy to get and I'm not going to even use the word stuck. It's going to be, it's so easy to get used to our own routines and to feel like it's working well for us, but we're doing it because it's the way we've always done it. And we might even be getting good results, but are we getting great results? Are we really getting the best results that our potential can, uh, that we absolutely could get out of our own potential? Um, you just mentioned being a runner. I have had the same morning routine for quite a while. But until I pushed myself and decided to try to do 75 hard, 
I'd kind of done the same morning routine for the last, I don't know, 10 years. And it worked well. I did my gratitude and goals. I got my run in. I, I got my reading in. But I found that I actually had a next level. Hey, champions. Guess what? The Breakfast with Champions podcast airs live every single day, 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. only on the Clubhouse app. So make sure to download Clubhouse and go check out Breakfast with Champions. You're not going to regret it. See you there. Absolutely love what you just shared, Christina, that routines are fantastic, but sometimes they can actually create um, a, a bit of, of stagnant moments in our life if we are not challenging ourselves to even get outside of that routine. So thank you, Christina. That was fantastic. Um, I brought up Lynn as well. And billionaires, I see you over there um, flashing your mic. So we will go to you next, Michelle. Uh, hey, Lynn, would you, uh, hold on, I'm uh, sorry. Michelle, after Lynn. Um, no problem. Lynn, we brought up, we'd love to hear from you this morning. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, I exactly wanted to say what Christine was saying, or Christina, sorry. And it's, um, I don't run either. And I joined, a, I recently joined a run club and the first few times it was, it was so hard. Like I gave up after the third time. And then I, I always like to challenge myself. So I did go back and every time it just gets easier and easier and easier. And I hated Thursdays, run club Thursdays. I absolutely hated them. And now I'm like, I cannot wait two more days till Thursday. So exactly what she said. Like I always, I believe you have to be open to things because you, you don't know what you're good at. You don't know what you, you love or what you'll enjoy until you're, you try it. And with everything in life I do, I love the challenge. That's why I did accept the 75 hard. I just finished my workout, but, um, with anything, um, I do invite people to do workouts, this and this and like, Oh, I don't do that. You know, I'm not a runner, but how do you know until you try? And I just, I just wanted to say that to keep challenging yourself every day. And if you don't challenge yourself, you're not going to get better. So with that, I'm done. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn. We're so glad that you joined us at the breakfast table this morning. Uh, Michelle, I know you were eager to share with us. Uh, please let us uh, share with us what you do at your halftime huddle. How do you reassess? How do you self-adjust? How do you move forward? Wow. Thank you so much, Liza and Joy. So for me last year, you know, it was a very challenging year health wise. And so as I was going through that journey of the halftime, you know, kind of assessment, I started to ask myself, okay, my body is out of alignment. What else in my life is out of alignment? And so I started to really um, look deeper inside and said, okay, what caused you know, as you know, a disease is something like a disease with something else. So I started to look around myself and saw that my whole financial picture was out of alignment. Um, and what I'm, what I mean by that is that I was not saving properly. I did not have an investment strategy, and my credit cards were almost maxed out. So I started to take a really deep look at what did I need to do to bring those things back into alignment. For myself and so i trace it all the way back to just being super busy i was at a super duper busy schedule the year before that i didn't take time to do a mid-year huddle if i had done that i would have made sure that i was getting my mammogram done on schedule and i would have caught my disease a lot sooner so i'm saying all that to say that sometimes we have to slow down 
to speed up. And so what I did last year was my body slowed me down because I was recuperating. So while I was in that slowdown period, I started to really assess where I was financially. So I looked at internally what I was doing with my body and externally what I was doing with my finances. As a result of that, I developed an investment strategy. I studied all the great folks like Warren Buffett, other investors. I increased my portfolio. I think I quadrupled what I had invested in terms of stocks last year, as well as I paid off 80% of my credit cards, um, as well as I decluttered my house. I actually remodeled two rooms in my house. And I realized as I decluttered my house, my other stuff cleared up. So I'm billionaires and I'm complete. Billionaires, thank you. One of the things I'm going to recap from what you said was when we're going into our halftime huddle, you know, I, I went into this conversation actually thinking pretty much all about business and where my company is uh, in the first five months of this year and how we're moving into halftime. But I just want to remind, because we talk about this all the time on Breakfast with Champions, but in order to be the best version of ourselves that we can possibly be, it means making sure that we're looking at every aspect of our life, family, fitness, faith, finances, friends, self, and career. Those are the ones I typically uh, use for my own self-assessment. And others might have verbiage that you use, but family, fitness, faith, finances, friends, self, and career. And they are in no way a one priority over another by the way that, that I listed. That's just how I remember them best. So making sure as we're doing our, our halftime huddle that we're looking at every aspect of our life because we might be winning in the first half in business, but maybe not so much as a wife or as a mom, or maybe we're doing a fan, fantastic this year financially. You know, Brian was sharing this morning that he's crushing his goals at work, that every team member is crushing their goals, but maybe we've lost a little bit on the faith side of our life, or maybe our health isn't at the best. So let's make sure that we're using this halftime huddle to be able to assess every area of our life as we move into the back half of the year. All right, so next, I believe, Joy, you shared with me that. Uh, yeah, Joelle and Tribe Joelle, on the stage. Yes. Good morning. All right. Good morning, Joelle. Go for it. We'd love to hear a Joelle and then Tribe. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for having me. Um, I just want to add uh, this idea of people-centered systems. Um, I have a toddler and she loves to go up right under the TV and grab things. <laughs> and we had things she shouldn't have under there. So I decided to move all of the DVDs and things she shouldn't get and make it her toy space. And it just brought so much more peace to my life. And I've done that with business as well. And I just, um, yeah, like as we're assessing things, one of the questions I like to ask is, um, am I not getting this done because I'm asking myself to do it in a way that I'm not going to do. <laughs> like I used to be the kid who would apologize to her journal because I missed a day. <laughs> so leading with joy and not guilt has been um, a way to smooth out problems uh, for companies. And just as we reassess, like, what should we stop doing? Well, maybe there's a different way. I'm Joelle. I'm done. Joelle, you made a great point. I wrote down leading with joy and not guilt. And I could almost hear it in your voice as you were sharing that there was almost like a, a slight bit of, of guilt as to what you were sharing with us and leading with joy and not guilt. That was a great tip. And we really appreciate you being with us uh, at the breakfast table this morning. 
Um, we'll go over to Tribe and then Joy, I, uh, we'll head to a couple moderators next. Tribe, we'd love to hear from you this morning. Okay, um, hi guys, good morning. So, um, no, basically I'm just going through some um, mental trauma like that and which is actually making me have suicidal thoughts. Like, I just decided to just come into the room to just listen to people in order to take my thoughts away off from these things that uh, I'm currently thinking about or passing through. So that is why I just came up here. We are so grateful that you did join us, Tribe. We hope you have a fantastic day today and wishing you all the best. I would love to get a couple more mic flashes. We've got about 13 minutes. We are well past halftime of this hour and Joy and I are just thrilled to be with you all this morning and trying to learn from every single person at this breakfast table about what questions do you ask yourself? What questions do you ask your team at work? What questions do you ask as you're heading into halftime to make the proper adjustments to make sure that we are hitting our goals for 2021? Amelia, I saw a little mic flash. We'd love to hear from you this morning. Hi, good morning. First of all, you guys are awesome. This is I had so serendipitous. This was my big uh, kickoff for this morning with my team um, and my family, my kids, was to ask them, what do you need from me now? Um, so much has changed as we all start to come back. You know, my kids are back in school in person. I've got four of them. Um, my employees are coming back slowly into in-person. We're getting ready for events this weekend um, that is coming up. We're going to be in-person. And Everything has changed, right? And so, so much has changed about them and their world and what they want and what they need. Um, and so I've had to really kind of lean back in and go, listen, you're not the same person you were when this all started and you're different now and you've learned so much. And so giving them the grace of that space to that it's okay for them to be different. It's okay that they have different wants. It's okay that they need something different from me right here and right now. Um, and it's okay even if that is that the relationship really needs to morph and change. And so there's a lot of um, things that my team needs now that is very, very, very different than it ever was before. And so as a company, we are trying to figure out how do we serve them different than we've ever thought we would ever, ever be structurally-wise so that we can really keep our top talent. And so um, I just, it was like an epiphany to go, okay, I think I need to ask that same question about my personal life and my friends and my family. Um, we do a lot of um, home for the holidays for the Marines. And so I had a lot of these calls yesterday with the people that are very dear in my life um, that we also serve with the military to say, okay, this year's, what do you need from us? What do you, what do you need? And so I think that's the biggest question that what's underneath that, the answers, the authentic, true answers of what they need um, is something that I had no idea. And a lot of that has to do with just being, giving them grace that they're still in a land of unknown. They're not really sure, but they're trying lots of different stuff to come back better than before. This is Amelia. That's my two cents. Thank you so much, ladies. Amelia, that was a fantastic question for you to share with us this morning that I think every one of us can internalize and use today. What does our need, what does our team need from us now that maybe is different than what they needed from us in the first half or last year? And I think that team can mean family. It can mean friends. It can certainly mean business partners, our teams at work. So I think every single one of us can take that question and really assess today. So Amelia, thank you so much. Um, I also believe, did I see that Ryan Leak also joined us this morning? 
Um, I believe he is up here on the stage and I he wanted is. to share that. Yes, good morning. Good morning. I good morning. I breakfast with champions. <laughs> good morning. Uh, we would love to hear from you this morning. If you wouldn't mind chiming in on our halftime huddle discussion. Yeah. You, you tell me what it's about. I just hopped in. Okay. So I, awesome, you, you tell awesome. me what you want me to talk about and I'll, I'll, I'll let's get into it. Let's do it. All right. All right. Well, I have to tell you, I did text to, to get your book this morning. So oh, well, then you're going to uh, get one. That's how, that's how that works. If anybody here doesn't know, uh, Mr. Ryan Leak or, uh, offered to give his book to anybody who would text the word champion. Um, his book, Chasing Failures, uh, I, he absolutely blessed this room. I think it was last week. My days are getting mixed up. Yep, last um, week. And we are so honored to have you with us again this morning. So what we're talking about is um, at halftime, whether it be halftime in the year, we're not quite at halftime, mm -hmm. but we're talking about getting close to halftime. We cannot yeah. wait until halftime to adjust. Mm. What are the ways, what are the questions that we ask ourselves, our teams, mm. our businesses, our families to make sure that we are mm. on the right track, that we know what we need to stop doing, start doing or keep mm. doing to hit our goals this year. Yeah. Ultimately, we were saying that the goals this year are just they're just miles, mile markers on where we're heading in life to fulfill our mission, our vision, and our values and why God put us here. So we would love to hear uh, some, what do, you, what do you ask yourself or, or, or your team yeah. as far as what do you do at halftime to assess? Well, it's a, well, it's a, it's a very, very great discussion. And, and I think you guys are asking a lot of the really great questions. I think, uh, you know, one of the questions I'm constantly asking myself and my team is, you know, where, where's all this going? Where's, where's all this going in the sense of, um, you know, are we prepared to handle, you know, the momentum that we've, we've been experiencing for, you know, for the past couple of years. And, uh, you know, I think that in 2020, there was a lot of pivoting, so much pivoting, you know, you had to figure out, digital strategy, you have to figure out social media in a whole new way. Social media changes, you know, what, every two weeks, algorithms are constantly changing. And so, you know, really trying to stay on top of all of that and really, I think really grounding ourselves of just going, okay, where are we going? And not just where are we going? Why? Why are we going there? What, what is, what is the, cause you, you can have the overall goal, but if you don't have an overall why, I think it really can, can really, you, you can find yourself really distracted and saying yes to the wrong things and saying no to, to the right things. And so, you know, really, really making decisions in my world, there's, there's constant workshops, there's constant speaking events and knowing what to say yes to, what to say no to, what to do digitally, uh, virtually or, okay, some places are doing more in-person events. And so, um, in terms of travel, in terms of just doing things in Dallas, doing, you know, all of those things are, are challenges. But, um, I, I think really for us, we, um, what I do with my team, especially if we're talking halftime, it's really instilling that why we do what we do. We add value to people's lives. That's why we write. That's why we record. 
that's why we create content. Sometimes that's for something that's 60 minutes. Um, sometimes that's for something that's 60 seconds. But in, in the content industry that, that I live in, um, you know, we, we're constantly coming back to, to the why because there's always going to be something, something that, that we can do. Uh, but, you know, ROI in terms of not just financial ROI, but I also think really thinking about overall impact that God's called us to, to make. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is right uh, in line with what I was thinking when we were starting this room and saying the first question I always ask myself and our team is, are we living, are our actions and our results in line with our core values? And really yeah. that's what leads into the mission and vision of why we do what we do. So thank you for bringing us back to that. Um, we really appreciate you being here this morning. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish up. We've got just a couple minutes left of this hour, and we're gonna bring over Alpha Six. He has got something to share with us today, and then I think Joy's gonna possibly wrap us up. So Alpha Six, we would love to hear from you as well this morning. Hey, good morning, Liza. Good morning, Joy. When I think about the second half, it always brings to mind this very, very, very famous saying: "Lord, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change." The first half. The courage to change the things I can, the second half, and the wisdom to know the difference. You know, there's a chapter in the book by Lou Holtz called uh, Wins, Loses, and Lessons. And a chapter called All I Can Do is All I Can Do. And there's a phrase that says, in the end, all that can be asked of a person is the best he or she has. If your best isn't enough to produce the outcome you desire, you can rest comfortably in the knowledge that you have given all you have and are better for the effort. If we lose on the scoreboard, at least let us not lose in our heart, knowing that we did not give our all. So I just wanted to add that all I can do is all I can do. Back to you, Liza. Thank you, Alpha. You always leave us with incredibly impactful words and meaning. And I'm going to go back for one moment back to Ryan and make sure that we share because I had quite a few DMs saying, how do I get his book? So Joy, before we wrap up, I'd love to share the phone number if that works um, that you need to text in order to get the book. It is 469-809-1201. If you text the word champion, Ryan Leak will then be sending you out his book, Chasing Failures. So we are incredibly grateful for everybody who has been with us at the breakfast table this morning. Um, I have got an, a page full of notes as I go back to, uh, to work and to my family today to make sure that I am assessing, that I am uh, making changes where needed, uh, ensuring that the why is the reason behind every goal that we have set and asking my team, where do they need me now? Joy, I would love for you to wrap us up. I got you, girl. Alpha, what was the name of that book by Lou Holtz? I love that quote. All I can do is all I can do and that your best is enough. I'd love to write that down. Wins, losses, and lessons. Wins, losses, and lessons. Thank you so much. What a perfect way to wrap up our hour. Um, I mean, talk about Lou Holtz, one of the most 
iconic um, football coaches ever. My brother played football at Notre Dame, so I would love to probably get him that book. So I appreciate that. Y'all, thank you so much for just all of your shares. I think sometimes when we don't even realize where we are, we don't know where we're going. And sometimes the best way to readjust is at halftime. So we wanted to give you guys just a quick jump start on um, the rest of this year. I mean, I can't believe here we are at June 1. And I think it is so advantageous for all of us to take some time today, tomorrow, the next week. Maybe you just sit down. Maybe you write down a whole list of your game plan. What are those small adjustments? What are those little things that you can tweak? What are those things that you can look in the mirror and say, hey, I've got to stop, start, or restart um, to get you to that W? It's so important to look at yourself in the mirror sometimes and just reevaluate, saying, where am I at? Where do I want to go? And sometimes we got to chase failure, like Ryan Leak talks about. I love the subtitle of your book, Ryan, how falling short sets you up for success. And I can guarantee you in my own life right now, I'm falling short and some look in the mirror and say, you know what? Draw your line in the sand, crawl to it the days that you must, and make those small adjustments to go and get the win. So we're so glad that you guys joined us here at the breakfast table this morning. Thank you, Liza, for all of your input. Everyone who shared, it's been so impactful. We have a treat today at our 8 o'clock hour. Justin and Amanda um, are going to be taking over for William, and I can't wait to hear what they have to share. Good morning, Justin. He is basically one of my favorite people on this app. So the baton is off to you, my friend. Good morning. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorningfive.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Good morning. Well, everybody, that is another class of joy jitsu, I like to call it. The relentless pursuit of, you know, just the game is something that I see in everybody on this stage and a lot of people that I met on this app. And if you look at what Glenn said this morning about the meaning in life is to find your gift and the purpose of it is to give it away. And you look at the relentless pursuit that Alpha shared as well. You know, the whole framework of what we're going to talk about this morning is it's not about getting 100% better today. Right? It's about getting 1% better every single day and being committed 100% to the 1%. Now, if you look at compound interest and you took $100 and I told you, I'll double your money, I'll give you $200, that's, that's one thing, wonderful. Right? But if I told you you're going to get 1% better every single day for 365 days, that's you know 2300 bucks after a year. But after five years, that's $831 million. Now, I ran that this morning in a calculator not based on any more investment. So I wanted to share with you the perspective of a wonderful human being, Amanda Dahl. And I want to go practical and tactical with this and give you some things that you can actually implement on a daily basis that have helped me, that have helped her get to where we are today and understand this. We're not perfect. We are all broken human beings. We are all on the path. And I'm sure if I look back at myself in 10 years, I'm going to laugh at some of the things I'm doing today. But again, be committed 1% every single day and be 100% committed to that. Now, Amanda Dahl, I want to give people some framework, right? Because your story is an interesting one of where you started your organization and where you are now. Can you give them like a 30,000 foot view for context? Yeah, absolutely. First and foremost, thanks for having me, Justin. I always love these interviews in these rooms. So I'm Amanda Dahl. I'm the CEO of a residential real estate team here in Tampa Bay, Florida. I hit my six years in real estate on March 26th. 
And uh, six years ago, I started off as the first hire to an agent. So if you're in the real estate world, you know, we always talk about finding that person, that person that can help you run with your vision and really implement a good book that this is based off of is Rocket Fuel. If you haven't read it, they talk about the visionary and the integrator. I matched up with a really awesome visionary as his executive assistant. And fast forward six years, I am now the CEO of our organization. We are an 18-person team, and we are on track to do 300 units and 100 million this year in volume. Wonderful. <laughs> it's glorious. And it's funny. I just realized that as you're talking, I mean, Amanda took some time and poured into my team, you know, to no direct benefit of her own other than getting a plant in the mail a couple of weeks ago. And, and I'm kind of the other side of that, right? So I'm the crazy guy that shows up at the office with 5,000 ideas. I want to implement them all. And I have an integrator. So I think this will be an interesting conversation of, you know, creating structure and systems around an organization. Now, the one thing I want to tell people is wherever you are in your journey, right? Why I'm excited about this is... You can be a single person that owns a coffee shop or in the sneaker game or you're wholesaling on Amazon. I don't really care. You have an organization. You may be every person in that organization right now. You may be doing all the jobs. At one point, I was the investment division. At one point, I was the res division, the admin, the marketing and everything else. But as we grew things out, that's where the leverage really became incredible. So Amanda, can you share some of your early struggles and what you did to break through some of those walls as you were building those structures and foundations and maybe, you know, extrapolate some of the key things looking back now that mattered more and some of the things that didn't matter? Absolutely. Great question, by the way. So um, I'll start with this, that I came from a hotel uh, and hospitality background. I grew the corporate ladder very quickly with a management company that had Marriott's, Aloft, Starwoods, and Hilton's. Um, so I was very, very, very well versed in starting from literally like laundry front desk. I had an aunt who was in the business and I used to start working summers with her. So I learned the industry inside and out. By the time I was 23, I was running a hotel and I realized I had reached my ceiling, right? I was running a 150 room Marriott hotel and I could tell you what room on what shelf and what storage room, uh, or sorry, what floor and what storage room and what shelf the toilet paper was on. And I was like, goodness gracious, this can't be the end for me. And so I'm somebody who's motivated by opportunity. I'm somebody who's motivated by growth and learning. And so um, at that point, I realized that that I had reached my, my ceiling. And so that being said, when I got into real estate, I had no real estate experience. I got licensed in my first six months of, uh, of joining Jeff, who's my now soon to be partner. Um, and, and the best way to describe it is like running a marathon while drinking out of a fire hose and juggling. It wasn't a matter of like, what could I, what, you know, what could I manage? It was what balls could I actually keep in the air from falling? There were so many things that were happening. And so if we're talking practical and tactical, first and foremost, I think it's very important in any organization for uh, the person who's starting it, right? That entrepreneur, that, that first individual to have a clear vision because you can't really find people to take with you if you don't have a vision and you don't know where you're going. And man, I mean, he didn't have culture at that time. He was 29 years old. He was just a gritty agent who was willing to put his head down and do the work. So it wasn't about the culture. It wasn't about any of that. It was about the vision. He could cast a vision like I had never
ever seen a vision cast before. I knew what it was going to smell like and what it tasted like and how it was going to feel when we got there. And I bought into that. I believed 100% he was someone who was going to do whatever it took to get to that place. And I wanted to be on board with him. I knew that was going to take a lot of work. I knew it was going to take a lot of dedication. I knew our, our days were going to get longer and grittier and more stressful before they were going to get better and feel like we were breaking through ceilings. Yet that is honestly what I bought in to. And literally, it's what kept me going this entire time. Now, when I started with Jeff, like I said, I was the executive assistant, yet that came with a lot of different hats. I was also marketing. I was also the listings manager. I was also the transaction coordinator and the garbage taker outer and the phone answerer. And there were a lot of things that I had to manage. And I remember early on in the interview process, he told me, he said, if you show up even half as good as you have in this four and a half month interview process, you and I are going to build a massive empire. And he actually put an S on the end of that. He's like, we could build empires together. And so what I heard in that moment was that he was giving me an opportunity to bet on myself. And I know my work ethic. I know my dedication. I know my commitment. So I'd bet on myself all day long. And he was also somebody who was allowing me a platform to fail forward and grow on. He knew that I wasn't perfect. He knew that I had a lot to learn. And he was willing to let me fail in those regards as long as I learned from it. I put something in place so it wouldn't happen again. And we moved the bucket forward. You talked earlier about that 1%. If he could see that progress, it's all that he was asking for. So in my approach, I was like, I know I'm not going to be able to do this on my own. If it wasn't sales related, it was my job. And so I knew that I was going to need, to need leverage. So practical and tactical, my first order of business was to go out and learn how to hire. Learn how to hire at a high level. Learn how to identify talent. Learn how to um, keep that talent. Ask myself, who do I need to become in order to lead other talent? And if I could hire really, really well, and I could learn how to keep talent in our organization, that was literally going to set the pace for how we were going to grow. So that was like my first big thing. I took a, a class that's within our brokerage called Career Visioning. I've been with my brokerage for six years. I've taken this class eight times. So sometimes I'll even take it twice in one year because I know that that's the one thing that keeps me ahead of the game. I know that's the one thing I have to stay really, really good at in order to keep talent in my world, to continue to, to attract talent in my world, and then really how to lead them, right? How to succeed through them. Okay. So I asked her a question and she literally flies an Apache helicopter with a Gatling gun over the water just blasting out bombs so i hope you all wrote a bunch of those down i'm going to extrapolate a few things from that brian benstock our boy on saturday you know dropped some hammers at the sales meeting right in terms of comparing his organization to amazon and what's possible the first thing i want to extrapolate is every single person in this room in them is a visionary and an integrator to a certain capacity and you have the capability of creating empires with an s I'm telling you this because I was a broken human being and as I had people lifting me up and bridging the gap between the haves and the have nots, you know, I see what's possible. And as you start peeking behind the curtain, Amanda's showing you some insights into, you know, identifying visionary paralysis early on, right? So Jeff was the visionary and the integrator and then found somebody to help him extrapolate his vision. Jeff was probably the garbage taker outer in the marketing and everything else until he found Amanda. And as a leader, I want to impound this into people you need to give your people grace right amanda as she had the ability to fail had the ability to grow you know pressure forms diamonds we all know that and you have to show up and do the work 
So practically and tactically, one thing I want you all to do is go to Glenn Lundy's page, download the Miracle Morning 5, and understand the waking up at 5, don't touch in the phone, writing down gratitudes and goals. You know, in my world, I added things like memorizing a verse, moving and working out, learning, you know, sending encouraging messages, building communities, engaging, giving back. All these little daily practices are the 1%. They're all the one, they're the things that establish a relationship between Amanda and myself. Now we've you know, run multiple rooms together. We've spent hundreds of hours together at this point, pouring into each other, other people. And it's amazing to see the rocket fuel that that has poured into, you know, both her and myself and probably given me five years of growth within the short time I've been here on Clubhouse. Now, rocket fuel, let's just stop on that for a second. The EOS system, that book, you know, it's really opened my eyes into some concepts in terms of being an entrepreneur and growing going and understanding the, the key things that move your business forward. Can you expand on a couple key concepts from that book with the audience? Because I think they'll get a lot of value from that. Well, I'll give you a story just to kind of just to kind of sum it all up. Sorry, I didn't mean to start shooting bombs from what did you say? This, this sort of Apache <laughs> helicopter. No, I wanted that. Everybody clap it up. If you're getting some value, I want to see the mic flashes. Please, 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 please. I need to know. I have a tendency to do that. I'm really sorry. I'm a high D on the discharge. So I just like to give it to you in bullets and you either catch it or you don't. Let's so in, go. My, in my first 30 days, I cost Jeff $1,600. First 30 days, guys. And I was mortified. Now I come from a background where I was the boss. I was the leader. And here I was starting all over again as somebody's executive assistant. So I was mortified. And as soon as I realized what I did, I already knew exactly how I got to that point. I knew what I had to put in place so that it wouldn't happen again. And so I picked up the phone and I called him and he was just coming from a listing appointment. So naturally he's on cloud nine and he, I'm like, Hey Jeff, what's going on? He's like, nothing. I didn't, you know, I just took a listing and I said, okay, I said, I have something to tell you. I cost us $1,600. Here's the deal though. I know exactly what I did. I've already got something in place so it won't happen again. And so my question to you is, do I still have a job? And he paused for a moment, small sigh, and he's like, do you still have a job? Not only do you have a job, I just invested $1,600 more in you. Now go help me find a listing. And I love to tell that story even six years later because that is the per person that I partnered up with. And I don't even know if he realized at the time what he did there. Yet, I mean, sigh of relief, weight off my shoulders. And I knew then I had partnered with the right person, a person who understood that I had growing and learning to do, a person who understood that if I was learning from my mistakes and I, I was putting things in place so that they didn't happen again or really to limit that risk aversion, that I was going to be okay. And that made me wanna show up every day a hundred times better than I was the day before because I knew I had somebody who was gonna give me grace. And Justin, you're aware of the fact that grace is one of my core four values. I truly believe in giving people grace. And in that moment, it was a defining, a defining moment in our relationship. And for that, he's somebody who will be in my life forever. I hope we'll be in business together. And yet he will be someone who's in my life forever because of that. So I'm going to challenge everybody that's here to define your core values. Within the next week, I'd love you to DM me on Instagram and let me know what your core values are. Because as you identified those, Amanda, and I also identified who was going to be in your foxhole with you. I, I just feel pulled to ask Alpha as well if he wants to flash his mic and speak to choosing the right people in the foxhole with you. Because I've chosen this group and I've chosen the people around me. And I, I do think it has a massive impact on your growth. Alpha, have you chosen people in your foxhole, brother? Hey, how's it going? You know, um, sometimes life chooses for you, right? 
you you follow the destiny that's handed to you and you have to be a little bit unapologetic about it you don't want to be but you realize that life gave you a mission so uh the people who will be in that foxhole you know a lot of times they jump in they jump in and sometimes they jump out sometimes they jump back in you can't judge it you know everybody's on their own mission so to speak but we're all here together on the same earth uh, the only criteria is that whatever you came to do make sure you're doing that um, there's a moment in history I remember my dad telling me about going into battle when the young guys got scared he cowered on the ground he's I'm scared man I'm scared and he said he looked at him he understood why he was scared because he was scared too he said both of us can't be scared one of us got to shoot or we're both not going home so he made sure the other young man got home and I always respect him for that I didn't disrespect the other young man for getting scared in the battle because everybody not built for the battle. They just thought they were, right? He was still brave enough to be there. He just wasn't brave enough to shoot when it got time to shoot. Uh, that's not who you want in the foxhole with you, though, because you're trying to care for them while you're trying to care for yourself and the whole team. So make sure if you get in that foxhole, you're ready to shoot. Back to you. Ah, I appreciate that. And I'm going to flip it the other way, Amanda, now on you because, you know, you were vulnerable and you shared with people how somebody lifted you out of that foxhole when you thought it was going one way, it went the other. I love, I'm laughing out loud. I'm standing on a beach here in Grand Bend, Ontario. Anybody that wants to know what a beach in Canada looks like, it's on my IG story. Um, you know, I'm literally laughing on the beach by myself at the fact that Jeff said I just invested 1600 bucks in you. Now, now that you run the organization, can you explain to me a situation where the, f the script was flipped, where there was somebody in your organization that was struggling and you were able to give them grace or, you know, lead them with that ability to be shooting out of the foxhole and maybe they were in a tough spot? Oh, gosh, there's so many. My favorite one, I think, because it it was something so small and it took so much out of me because my thought was common sense, people, common sense. And, you know, let me preface this by saying, I know a lot of you see my face a lot in this room and I don't speak a lot and that's purposeful because I learned so much from this room and it could just be little tiny basic things. I love to hear people talk for the first time. You know, I talk a lot in my organization and I lead a lot of people in my organization. So yes, we all have something to say and I choose to sit back like a sponge and just listen because it's those people that come up on stage for the first time that say something that just gives me different perspective or it's those people that maybe are in this room a lot and they're and they're saying something just one little gem like I love to sit back and listen and take in and I'm constantly writing notes and I'm constantly journaling I truly believe God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason and I love to listen and absorb because it's you know sometimes when we're in it and we've done it for such a long time we lose sight of just those little things seeing it from the eyes of someone who's seeing it for the first time man that just gives me so much perspective or hearing what somebody took from something when they heard it for the first time versus me, I hear it all the time. Like, I love to do that. I love to just sit back and observe because it teaches me so much about being a good human, about being a good leader. So my story is simple. I had a girl that was working for me and man, she had energy like nobody else. I mean, everybody loved her. She was perfect for the culture. And we've got these goal sheets that go up on our board or on our walls, excuse me. And so we usually attach them with sticky wall paper or uh, those little things that you can put on the wall where when you're ready to take them down, you just pull tight and it all comes off the wall. Well, for whatever reason, she ordered stickers. And I mean, these things are probably 20 by 20, man. And she stuck them all over our walls. And they literally, we change them every single year. 
And so it came time to, time to change them. And I was like, all right, are you ready to take them down? And she comes into my office and she's mortified. She's like, Amanda, she's like, I stuck them to the wall in their stickers. And I went to take one of them off and it pulled the whole wall of paint off. And, and mind you, we had about 10 more of these to take down. And in that moment, my first thought was, ah, common sense. We don't stick stuff to the wall. And then I thought the eyes of someone for the first time, right? Someone who's never done this before. She only did what she knew she could do. And I saw how terrified she was to tell me. And in that moment, I'm like, it's no big deal. We're just going to order new ones. And here's also what I want you to do. I want you to reach out to the handyman and I want you to find, find out how soon he can get in here to patch the walls. And you could see the sigh of relief in her face because she like she had ruined about eight walls in our offices and she did not know what my response was going to be. And for me, I mean, what was it, a few hundred dollars by the time it was all said and done? And do you think she's ever going to make that mistake again? No way. And yet I just remember that one off the top of my head because she was so mortified to tell me. And I thought to myself, like, man, it's only a couple of hundred bucks and she's never going to do that again. I do know that. And yet I always want people to know that no matter what it is in our organization that happens, they can come to me and we're going to figure it out together. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. There's a gentleman named Jocko Willink who's got an incredible video on YouTube called Good, G-O-O-D, and it's about taking every bad situation and spinning it around for the good. As you're telling that story, I was thinking about the opportunity. You know, you can't replace a person, but you can definitely replace some paint on wall. Let's dig into some systems. Let's, again, let's get practical and tactical. We've got about 11 minutes left here. So what are some key things that you guys have in place to give you leverage, right? And I'm talking the external brains. I'm talking the time blocking and some of these concepts. And I mean, anybody can DM Amanda. She's a wonderful human being, and I'm sure she can share some of these concepts. But what are the things that you realize now give you that speed to execute? Yeah, so I've identified in myself and in my leadership that I am somebody that get like, um, I, it drives me nuts. Like you could literally, we could lose a listing because something didn't happen. And as long as someone learned from it, I'm okay. Yet it's the little tiny, small stuff that I know we know better. I know we have systems for, I know we've gone over a hundred times. And when those things fall through the cracks, oh man, it just, it gets me and I have to take a step back and go, okay, like what can we do in order to make this better? So first and foremost, communication is key. And that's in any aspect of your life. If you do not have a way to concisely communicate with individuals, like a place where you can actually get your point across, get the important things that matter across, you are going to fail. That's in any relationship in your life, whether it be personal, interpersonal, whether it be professional, it doesn't matter. So a way for our organization to communicate, and it's got to be one place that everybody can go to. So we, one of the practical and tactical systems that we use is an internal portal for our team. It has every resource that you could possibly imagine. If you need to know who to call, it's there. If you need numbers to call, they're there. If you need documents, they're there. Everything that you need is in that portal. And people can communicate through that portal as well. 
So communication, a system for communication is huge. And the bigger that you get, the more cumbersome it gets. Now, when I think about our organization, anytime we want to adopt a new process or a system, my first thought is, will it work for 25 agents that are in three separate locations? And if the answer is no, I can't even consider it because I know our organization will break it before it even begins. So communication system is first and foremost. Secondly, I had a mentor tell me this once and it was so profound and it actually made me go back and look in my, in my own life. If all, when you met somebody, if all you had was a copy of your calendar and a copy of your bank statement, what story would it tell about you? And like, I just want you guys to sit on that for a moment. I'm sorry, people are emailing me like crazy this morning. Um, if all you had was a copy of your bank statement and a copy of your calendar, what story would it tell about you? Where are you spending your time and where are you spending your money? And you need to identify that for yourself. And then you need to help people in your world identify that for themselves, because that is an opportunity that is so often missed. There are people who don't look at where they're spending their time and their money. And honestly, I know we talk a lot about money, not necessarily more money for the zeros in your bank. Like me, I'm someone who wants more money for the good that it can do in the world, experiences that I can that I can buy and, and, and give to people that are in my world. Also my time though, time is the most valuable asset and you can't give it back. And honestly, people spell love T I M E. So where are you spending your time and where are you spending your money? And I know I've done an interview on this stage before where I talked about how you can get very um, tactical with time blocking. You can color code your calendar. I'm so happy to have a conversation with anyone who wants to know more about that so that you can get perspective as to where you're spending your time and then where you're spending your money. So those would probably be the three most important systems, I would say, in any in anyone's life. Wow. I mean, expand on that. If anybody took a pen right down and wrote down all of the places that they communicate right now, it would be WhatsApp. It would be messages. It'd be Instagram. It would be staff. It'd be everywhere. Right. And I think getting some perspective on that as well as the money and the time, I'm actually going to message that to my entire team this morning. Where are you spending your money? Where are you spending your time? And I think that portal idea is great. Centralizing your systems. Now, exact, the whole reason I'm doing this is it's to speak to the person that is the solopreneur as much as the people that has built an organization. Because what she also said I experienced as we built our companies, we realized we were building them to solve my problems, not for the problems of a global brand, which is what I, my moonshot is, right? Is to build a global production and real estate brand. So I've completely changed how I'm looking at things. And this is where the journey is finding exactly what your talents are and then sharing it with the world to bring it full circle back to what Glenn said. I want to give a little bit of time for anybody to dive deep with Amanda, ask any questions. Does anybody want to flash their mics, ask her a question by all means. I would love somebody to jump in or even share a story about how systems and processes help them level up their organization. I don't see any mics. We are good. So we'll keep going. We got about six minutes left. Now, what is your moonshot, Amanda? Now that you have some clarity on purpose and you're working 1% every single day to move the ball forward, you're clearly working on maybe 20% of your energy being put towards something that doesn't seem attainable right now, but I know we'll look back in 20 years and we'll laugh at what you didn't think was attainable. So what is your moonshot? Honestly, my one mission is to help people become the best versions of themselves. And I'll give you an example. 
in my world, I'm kind of the example for what it looks like for someone to make that first right hire, someone who's better at the job than they are, and then let them run with it. Give them a platform to fail forward on. And now I laugh because it is my mission to always bring people into my world that can do it so much better than I could ever dream of and that are truly passionate about it. Because when I do that and I see them thriving in their lane, this idea of like, I have to have control and oh my gosh, nobody can do it better than me. And I'm the best one. Like that all goes out the window. It is my mission to always bring people into my life, whether it be personal or professional that can do things better than I can do them for two reasons. Number one, because it gives them an opportunity and Lord knows I would not be where I am today. If I didn't have people who gave me an opportunity, people who saw that in themselves, that they wanted to hire people or bring people into their world that were better at something than they were versus wanting to be the smartest person in the room. I don't like the word dumb. I just can't think of another word to, to interchange that's interchangeable with it. Yet I want to be the dumbest person in the room. I want to be the person that's constantly listening, listening. And Lord, I'll probably have carpal tunnel by the time I'm 40 because I'm frivolously writing notes, right? That I want to be that person always. So that means I've got to level up. I've got to bring people into my world or connect with people that are doing things at a much better level than me, right? Because not only does it help me figure out what my next step is going to be, it gives me something to shoot for. Also, though, it gives those people in my world an opportunity, whether it's an opportunity to mentor me, an opportunity to take over a job that I really wasn't passionate about or not really good at anyway. And now I laugh because the people that are in my world, like I replaced myself as the VP of operations, director of operations, I should say, um, about 120 days ago. And I laugh now because I thought I was doing systems and processes at a high level. And she makes me look like an absolute joke. And I say that with such a smile on my face because it makes me so happy that we created an opportunity for her and she can be in a position that she thrives in. So I would honestly say, find people who can do it so much better than you can, because not only does this push your bubble, right? Because we know that our bubble has to grow for talent to stay in it. Because if talent ever grows our outgrows our bubble, they're going to leave us. So bring talent into your world that's going to push you to grow, even if you don't necessarily know what that next step is. You partner with the right people, you bring the right talent into your world, and they will help you get there. And two is you've got to constantly be asking yourself the question, who do I need to become to lead these people? Who do I need to become to succeed through these individuals? Because we know we can't do it alone. And if you don't learn how to succeed through others, you will lose it this game time and time again. The highest level of purpose is to be of service to other people. And I think that's a great point to wrap up this conversation on. And, you know, you casting your ego aside and realizing that you're not defined by your success, right? I think a lot of people struggle with the, well, when I get this, I'll be great. Or when I do this sale, or when I, when I do, you know, a hundred million this year, or I, I get 25 employees, or when I get a videographer to follow me around to put out content, like anybody that's attained anything of success, they make the sauce, they get their hands dirty, they put in the work and it probably starts with them and they've, they've accomplished something and then they realize that they, they can't do it alone and it is a community and it is about a global village and I sometimes equate breakfast with champions to let's all pretend we're like, call it 14 to maybe 16 years old and we're on a school bus going to the very best summer camp you could possibly imagine and I see Glenn driving the bus and I see Alpha sitting in that front seat and I see Dr. Janie and Dr. Rowe hanging out and I can jump seat to seat and I can learn from all these amazing people. But again, the, the amount of 
empathy that I've seen in this room and the amount of collaboration and growth with no direct benefit is what's causing people to level up at the scale that they are. Um, Glenn, I'm going to hand it back you over know, to you, brother. I look, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Amanda. I was going to say one last thing because you are a product of this. You know more than anybody. When that agent on your team comes to you and they've made more money than they've ever made in their life and they can create these opportunities for their family or they're on track to leave the legacy that they want, that is true. In my opinion, that is true success. That is true fulfillment. Success is getting what you want. It's also wanting what you get. So ask yourself this question. Just because I've reached a level of what would be defined as success Success, right? Successful in so many people's eyes. Do I really want everything that I'm getting? And if not, how do I go find the things that I really want and get those things? And I think you are somebody who is a true product of that. And I know you know what that feels like. Oh, you're the absolute best. Glenn, we're going to camp, drive the bus, take us to the next spot. Where are we headed? Hey, listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorningfive.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Justin, good morning, good morning. It's Trevor Houston in here. I am up and I just wanna say something real quick. So Justin and Amanda, you guys just do a phenomenal interview. That was just amazing. Can I get everybody uh, up on stage to unmute your mic real quick and let's get a yay, yay for yay, Justin. Yay, 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 yay. Dropping the bombs up in here. Oh, Canada. He's on the beach, you know, just dropping bombs. I love it. This is amazing, amazing. All right, guys. Well, my name is Trevor Houston. I'm going to go ahead and reset the room. Let's roll. Good morning, good morning, good morning. And my name is Trevor Houston, and this is Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. And we're live every Monday through Saturday, 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And this is your opportunity to get a seat at the table with those going the places you know you can go and doing the things you know you can do. Now, we don't see this with a clubhouse divider with a stage on top and an audience down below. No, no, no. Instead, we look at this as the world's largest breakfast table full of motivation, education, inspiration, and even a friendly competition with the positive intention of pushing your momentum in the right direction. Now listen, we never want you to leave this room empty-handed. So you can go download The Morning 5 free ebook at themorning5.com. Make sure you go get that The Morning 5 free ebook at themorning5.com. Guys, I'm excited. It's Tuesday. It's going down on a Tuesday. Y'all know that. I hope you know that. It's going down on a Tuesday. Today, me and the lovely Dr. Rowe are going to have some fun today. Dr. Rowe, good morning. Good morning, my friend. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. You can tell I've had my coffee this morning. I'm all pumped up, all jacked up on Mountain Dew. Let's go. It is time for the tournament. So let's rock and roll. All right, it's that time again. I've got an opportunity for a few lucky audience members to participate in the Breakfast with Champions quest for the MVP tournament. And in a moment, I'm gonna turn on the button and all you gotta do is raise your hand to participate. 
and I'm going to select a few lucky champions who are going to come up here on stage and not only win a seat at the table, but a reverse follow from the stage and a Breakfast with Champions t-shirt just for participating. Each lucky champion will have two minutes to compete on today's topic, which, what does it take to be a champion? Our audience will then keep score, and one lucky champion will advance to our MVP round and win a 30-minute segment on Breakfast with Champions. So all I got to know is, are you ready? Are you ready? All right, I'm going to turn on the hand raisers right now. If you want to participate, just put your hands in the air, wave them around like you just don't care. And what we're going to do, I'm going to pull up a few lucky audience members in here. Let's see. I see... Anna Mo, Anna Mo, congratulations to you. Congratulations, Anna Mo. I'm writing your name down too, so I don't forget here. We also have Cindy Baker. Cindy Baker, congratulations, Cindy Baker. Got yourself a uh, Breakfast with Champions t shirt. That is awesome. Congratulations to you. We also have got, uh, let's see, let's, let's get a guy in here, Jonathan Cook. Jonathan Cook, congratulations. Come up on stage. Congrats to you. Let me grab a couple more in here. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Erica Aguilar. Erica, congratulations. It's going to be a great day today, Erica. I'm writing your name down, Erica. And let's see, one more. I'm going to grab one more in here. Party hat. I see the party hat, which means you're new. You're new to the clubhouse scene, Austin Gray. Austin Gray. Uh-oh, he disappeared before I could pull him up. Uh-oh, Austin Gray, if, you were, if you're here, pull, put your hand back up. <laughs> uh, let's see, I'm scrolling one more time. No, nope. I'm going to go with then, I'm going to go with NG uh, Okiki. NG Okiki, I hope I'm saying your last name right. Come on up, NG. NG. Congratulations to all of our champions. So we got Animo, Cinda Baker, NG, Jonathan Cook, and Erica Aguilar. Congratulations. Okay. So what we're going to do, guys, it's real simple. All I want you to do is tell me, we got two minutes to tell me, what does it take to be a champion? So let's go with, let's see, who do I want to start with first? Let's go with... Erica. Erica, good morning. Erica says, landed for success. Untold stories available now on Kindle and Amazon in her bio. Y'all go check out Erica Aguilar. Make sure you do a reverse follow. If you can follow her, that would be amazing. Uh, Erica, are you ready to tell us what it takes to be a champion? Woohoo! Thank you so much. Yes, absolutely. So for myself, I will say commitment, belief, and especially your circle. Who do you surround yourself with? And you're on your way there. And I know I have two minutes. I can elaborate a little bit more, but I find that it's very, very important. If I'm committed to something, I make a decision, I'm committed. And yeah, the circle that I surround myself, the people that I allow in my space, and I just love something that it was said, like, I think it was Amanda, she said, be the dumbest person in your circle, and there is nothing wrong with that. I find that I bring more value 
to the people on my team, when I surround myself with people that I, I can learn from all the time, and then I will bring it on and learn. So that's, uh, that's pretty much what I have. Thanks. Amazing. Bravo. Great job, Erica. Thank you for coming up here this morning. I agree with you. Um, you know, they say your network is your net worth, right? And the people that you associate with, right? Um, you know, you're the average of the top five people. I think that's, that's what they say. So I love that. Uh, Dr. Rowe, over to you. What are your thoughts? Erica, I love that you brought out the CBC. You said commitment, belief, and circle. Each three precise things definitely bring value. So thank you for pointing that out. And we look forward to hearing more from you on Breakfast with Champions in the future. Back to you, Trevor. Yes. And Erica, congratulations to you. You've won yourself a Breakfast with Champions t-shirt. That is amazing. You're going to love it. They're awesome just by, by the way, I'm saying they're pretty cool. So um, now let's go to the audience, right? So what we're doing now is we are casting our ballot to see who's going to advance for our MVP round. So if you want to vote for Erica, just raise your hand. That's all you got to do. Just put your hand in the air, you know, just put them in the air, wave them around like you just don't care. We got 30 seconds in here. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. This is for Erica. Everybody put your hands in the air. Great job, Erica. Phenomenal. All right. All right. All right. Okay, Erica, how do you think you did? How do you, how do you feel? I feel great. <laughs> Feeling good? Feeling good? Because here's the deal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold the uh, results to the very end. I always hold the results to the very end, but I think you did pretty well. There was lots of hands that went up, so that was awesome. Great job, Erica. <laughs> Thank right. you. You're very welcome. I'm excited for you. All right, so let's see who we want to pull up next. Now let's go to... Hmm, Let's go to Jonathan. Jonathan, good morning, good morning. Let me pull up your profile in here. He says in his bio, it says Universal Motown Records Recording Top Recording Artists. Ooh, I like that. That sounds pretty interesting. I'm going to go ahead and give you a follow right now. And if everybody on stage and everybody in the audience can go ahead, let's do a reverse follow for Jonathan. And that will help him to experience some more rooms in Clubhouse and uh, get his message out there. And also you got yourself a Breakfast with Champions t-shirt. I'm excited for you. Now, you got two minutes to tell us what does it take to be a champion? Over to you. Man, Trevor, thanks so much for having me. Long time Breakfast with Champions listener. Love your content. You are such an uplifting person and such an inspiration. Thanks for having me this morning. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. So there's so much that goes into being a champion. I want to talk about a couple things since I only have a minute and a half left. But, you know, uphill goals. I love the fact that champions have uphill goals and believe that nothing worthwhile, everything, up, everything worthwhile is uphill. And you can't have downhill, uphill goals with downhill habits is the way John Maxwell says it. And I just love that piece. That is huge. And one time I got to be in the room with John Maxwell and he lifted his hand up in the air towards the sky. And he said, what is this? And he said, this is uphill goals. So many people have downhill habits with uphill goals. And I just challenge anybody listening this morning to check your goals, check your habits. Do your habits match your goals? And another thing about a champion is, is they add to the equation rather than take from the occasion. 
and there's lifters and there's leaners. And all of you have friendships and relationships that you can categorize as lifters. People that when they come in the room, they add to the room, they leave it better than they found it. Their personality is so big and contagious, you want them in the room every time. But we also have those people in our in our lives that when they walk in the room, you kind of you kind of you wince a little bit. You say, "Oh no, I just know I'm not even going to have a t- enough time for all their victim mentality, all the things going wrong in their life. I'm just going to bless them from afar. I'm going to keep my distance." And who wants to be around that that negative energy? And I just encourage you that I know we're mid year already, but go 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 and reflect on the relationships in your life and see: Are you around lifters or are you around leaners this morning? And then the last thing I would say is champions talk about ideas rather than people. And I know that it's so easy to get into a gossip corner or a gossip group or people that are talking about others and and bringing them down. But the most energy that you'll find is people that are in a circle talking about ideas and formations and partnerships and future vision and building and are never satisfied with their current level. But every time you're around them, it seems like they've gone to their next level and their eyes are always risen above to the next level, but they still know how to celebrate where they are and at the same time focus on where they want to be at. And I love that. Never spend too much time focused on your at and forgetting to celebrate your be, where you are right now. I'm sorry, vice versa. Never forget to celebrate your at because you're so focused on where you want to be as you go to the next level as a champion. So that's what I have for you. Hopefully that spoke to someone this morning. Thanks again, Trevor, for the opportunity. I love breakfast with champions. And thank you, Motown Records, for always believing in my band, Forever the Sickest Kids. We were on Motown for six years. Travel the world, number one top 40 record in Japan over Katy Perry and Coldplay. So if you're out there, want to know what it's like being on a major label, you want to collaborate, you want to write, you want to learn from someone who's been on Universal Records, who's traveled all over the world six or seven times, circumvented the earth on tour. I'd love to connect. Love you guys. Have a great morning and stay awesome. Woo, Jonathan. I love it. I love it. I love it. You guys, I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. You're going to learn today. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> you're going to learn today from Jonathan. I hope y'all were taking notes because he's a lifter. Okay. Jonathan is a lifter. We appreciate you for coming up here. Uh, Dr. Rowe, over to you. What are your thoughts? Jonathan, I loved how you amplified the crowd and that you made a pretty much uh, solid emphasis on celebrating where you are. So instead of moving away from what we're trying to get to and the goals we're trying to reach, take time to be in that moment and celebrate. That is awesome. You can tell you're a champion and I am so honored to meet you. And I look forward to hearing more from you on The Breakfast with Champions. Back to you, Trevor. Go ahead, Jonathan. See you Thank you, Dr. Rowe. You stay awesome. You're such an inspiration. Thank you. All glory to God. Here you go, Trevor. Amazing. So if you're just joining us, we're playing the quest for the MVP tournament. Jonathan was just dropping bombs up in here. So now what we're going to do is we're going to go to the audience. We're going to see what the audience thinks. And we're looking for... <sighs> our MVP. So if you want to vote for Jonathan, just put your hands in the air, wave him around like you just don't care. Because he's a lifter. Just saying. Lifting the room up. A few more seconds in here. This is for Jonathan. Everybody put your hands in the air. 
Oh, Jonathan, how are you feeling, man? That was pretty good. I, I'm not going to tell you the results, but how are you feeling? Man, What, whether I win or lose, what an awesome opportunity. That was so great. Trevor, you're the man. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And you did an amazing job. Okay, and, and congrats on the T-shirt, too. You're going to get a really cool T-shirt, man. I, I, I'm telling you, these are nice. They're nice. Okay, next up. We've got uh, Anna Mo. Where's she at? Hold on. I'm looking. I'm scrolling. Where'd she go? Where'd she go? She's still up here. Anna Mo, are you here with us? Good morning, Anna. Uh, yeah. Are you here? Where are you? Oh, there yeah, you are. Okay. I found you. I found you. I found you. Okay. So in her bio, it says, my energy is as high as ever, and I'm doing everything to keep the momentum. I like that. So everybody find Animo up on the stage, okay? And give her a reverse follow so that she can experience more rooms in Clubhouse. And uh, Anna, are you ready to tell us what it takes to be a champion? I am. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be up here. Thank you so much. I am a longtime listener of Breakfast with Champions, so it's an honor. Uh, can you hear me? I'm getting the dreaded red bar. We can hear you. It is a little low. I don't know. Are you on a Bluetooth? Yes, I am. Let me see if I can move it here. How's that? Is that better? It's 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 still it's okay. It's okay. I, I will tell you though, and that's for those in the audience that are listening. Uh, if you have a Bluetooth, see Clubhouse is optimized for the uh, internal microphone from the device. So Bluetooth will sound a little bit less uh, of a quality. So just some heads up uh, for those who are listening. Is this better? Oh, so much better. Love it. So much better. Good morning, uh, Anna. <laughs> Thank you uh -oh, so much. Would, for would you have a little... It's cutting out a little bit, though. I don't know if it's an internet thing, but you're cutting in and out just a little bit. Okay, here, I'll, I'll give it a try here. So thank you so much. So what is a champion? Um, the biggest thing, I think, is do you know yourself? You know, are you always growing? Are you willing to change? Do you have an open mind? Are you connecting with source? Whether it's, whether it's God, if it's universe, are you connecting with your source and asking for strength in abundance? The minute you stop begging for things and the minute you stop trying to make it work and working really hard to trying to make it work yourself, the minute you give that up, you move out of your own way and the universe will provide. The source will provide and shower you with abundance. So this all comes down to your beliefs. If you don't know your beliefs, and maybe you need to listen to your self-talk, know your beliefs and learn from your self-talk. Subconsciously, there's so many thoughts that go through your mind all the time. And if you don't realize what those thoughts are doing to your life, then take a look at it. Take a break. Look at your thoughts and your beliefs and change them. If you don't like it, change it. If it's not what you want, get rid of it. You may need to let go of your trauma to begin with. So before you can move forward, you have to let go. So I say this because I'm in the process of it and I appreciate the 
ability and the um, honor to talk on Breakfast with Champions. This is Anna and I'm done speaking. Amazing. Excellent. Anna, you rock. We appreciate that. And you know what? I'm going to tell you, I'm looking at your uh, your picture there, and you got that little baby. It's so cute. Is that is that your, uh, I can't tell if it's boy or girl, but is that your baby? Yes, that's my third baby. I have a fourth now, too. So, yes. I'm well, a mama, super so it's cute. hard to get to know who I am in myself. So that's why I, I want everyone to know that even though you are you know, sharing your life with everyone else, you need to know yourself first. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Anna, for coming up here. And congratulations to you. You won yourself a Breakfast with Champions t-shirt. Dr. Rowe, over to you. Wonderful. Anna, I am, it's a blessing to, to have you on the Breakfast with Champions. I loved how you clearly asked us, do you know you? And made it very clear that doing a self-assessment and being connected to God and for others, a spiritual power will help them as well as eliminating trauma to excel forward. Keep that champion attitude flowing and you will continue to skyrocket yourself. So thank you for being here today and we look forward to seeing you more. Back to you, Trevor. All right, all right. Now it's time for the audience. If you're just tuning in, all you got to do, if you want to cast your vote for Anna to move to the MVP rounds, all you got to do is raise your hand. Just put your hands in there real easy. We won't pull you up on stage. Just put your hands in the air. We're trying to get as many votes as we can. Anna did an amazing job. Keep them coming. Everybody put your hands in the air. This is getting really close. Oh, snap. Y'all can't see the number, but I can. And it's close. All right, Anna. Anna, how do you think you did? How do you feel? I feel great. My energy is so high, and I really appreciate <laughs> the day and this beautiful opportunity. So thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. This is so much fun. I love this. That's like... um what are those game shows those uh what are looking at for what is it um where they sing dr Rowe, what's the one I'm, I'm having a brain fart what's what are they singing and all that kind of stuff what is it oh the voice the voice yeah i kind of feel like the voice up here i'm just looking for talent looking for the talent and uh i'll tell you what anna and jonathan and erica you're all doing so well so far doing great got a lot of great talent up here let's see uh, let's go to Cindy. Good morning, Cindy. Cindy, how are you doing this morning? Cindy Baker, are you here with us? Where did she go? Is she here? Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. That's okay. Uh, we will move on. Cindy, I'm so sorry. I'm not sure where she went. I had her up here on stage, but that's okay. We're going to move on to N. G, I hope I'm saying that right. I don't know if I'm am or not, but Ed G, good morning. How are you? Hi, you're saying it right. And it's afternoon where I am right now. I'm in UK. Where are you? In UK. Oh, well, thank you for being with us today. Good morning. Good morning. And your online profile says starting an online children's business, looking for connections, looking for mentors. We appreciate you. I'm going to go ahead and give you a reverse follow right now. 
And uh, if the rest of the stage and audience can do the same thing, NG, can you tell us what does it take to be a champion? Thank you so much, Trevor, for getting me up to the stage. I believe that we, everybody has or have been, is, is somewhere and is going somewhere. And I believe that the champions are not written on our foreheads. I believe everybody can be a champion, but you have to know what it takes to be a champion. To me, I believe a champion is somebody who is motivated. A champion is somebody who is disciplined. A champion is somebody who is always determined. A champion is someone who believes in himself, no matter what you're going through. A champion is somebody who has the mindset that he will get or she will get what he's, he is looking for. A champion is somebody who doesn't limit himself in anything. He says goals or she says goals and he goes for it or she goes for it. He has or she has this belief that everything is possible and that nothing can eliminate or diminish whatever he, he or she has in mind. A champion is that somebody who you can look up to and is quite humbled in every aspect. He's able to learn as well and discipline himself or herself to accommodate others and also to give and also to motivate in every aspect that you find yourself. A champion in total is somebody who doesn't not only fail, may fail in several occasions because we are not perfect, but will always rise to the occasion wherever you find yourself. That's to me what I believe is a champion. Thank you. Oh, wow, great job. NG, great job. Congratulations for coming up here on stage. Guys, I want you to do me a big, 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 big favor. Okay. I see the I see the little um uh party hat or whatever you want to call it that uh NG's new here on Clubhouse. So let's blow NG up. Let's go ahead. If everybody, please, please, please do me a big favor, find her on stage. Do let's do a reverse follow. I want to blow ng up all right and uh all right so let's go over to dr Rowe. what are your thoughts ng way to crush it and welcome to not only clubhouse but the breakfast of champions and for having the courage to come on the stage and let us know that we should believe in ourselves and be disciplined and motivated and always determined all of those qualities and attributes are what it takes to be a champion so thank you, thank you, thank you. And we look forward to connecting with you more on our breakfast table. Back to you, Trevor. Yes, yes, yes. Now it is time. We're looking for the MVP. If you want to vote for NG, just put your hands in the air, wave them around like you just don't care. And congratulations for winning you a Breakfast with Champions t-shirt. Keep them coming. This is going to be a close race, y'all. All right, all right. NG, how are you feeling? I'm feeling quite excited, and I appreciate you for having me on the stage. I feel good. Thank you. Awesome. I like that. I feel good. All right. So. Hi, Trevor. This is Cindy. I'm here. You are here. I saw you. I was like, yes, Cindy's back. 
Cindy is here, and we're so excited to have Cindy Baker, and her profile says, I help adult professionals with ADHD channel the positive powers of their unique, oh, it keeps going, unique brains. All right, so we are super <laughs> excited to have Cindy on stage with us. If everybody can do me a favor, reverse follow, find her, right? Give her a follow, blow Cindy up, and Cindy, tell us, what does it take to be a champion? I am so excited. Thank you for bringing me on stage. The first thing um, that came to mind is that a champion starts their day with positive people like all of you champions. And that is, um, that's a great way to start the day. But my name is Cindy and I do hard things because if you do hard things now, you will have an easier life. If you settle for the easy things now, you'll have a hard life. So uh, I'm a middle school teacher, so that either makes me crazy or a champion. You decide. I'm also a brand new solopreneur and I'm just starting out. I don't know the future, but I do know who holds my future. And so I think that's one thing that's very important in being a champion is that you need to be clear on what your purpose is. You need and uh, every need is not a call. So you need to have clarity. Um, uh, one of the things that I try to live by is that I try to find that balance between contentment and then also being hungry for more. Uh, the best thing that you can give other people is a healthy you. So you have to um, pay attention to self-care. I try to outserve others uh, so that I'm giving of myself, but I'm also taking care of myself. Uh, this past year has been uh, a challenge, but um, I have ADHD myself and I've learned to leverage my strengths instead of seeing it as a disorder. And so it's been fun to help others uh, leverage their strengths like creativity and hyper-focus and some of the other things in order to work with their ADHD instead of trying to fight against it and uh, moving into their purpose. So um, I, when I have a problem, I try not to look down or look at the problem, but I look up at my savior and that gives me purpose and that gives me uh, hope for the future. Um, if you just do the, the next right thing in front of you, you move the needle 1% forward every day, that's what it takes to be a champion. My name is Cindy and I'm done speaking. Oh, wow. Excellent. Okay, Cindy, I got to say, um, you, you said that uh, you're a middle school teacher, so you are definitely a champion, 100%. Dr. Rowe, over to you. I concur, Cindy. Teachers are always close to our heart, and thank you for your service to help young children and especially acknowledging the special abilities of those who have ADHD. I love that you said every need is not a call and to have that clarity and also to know our purpose. So as a grandmom, a teacher, and a solopreneur, as you described, we welcome you as a champion on The Breakfast with Champions. Thank you so much and back to you, Trevor. Well, thank you, thank you. Now let's go to the audience. Tell us, what are your thoughts of Cindy? We're looking for the MVP to advance to the next round. So all you gotta do is put your hands in the air, wave them around like you just don't care. Everybody put your hands in the air. 
Keep them coming. Keep them coming. This is for Cindy. Cindy Baker. All right. Great job, Cindy. Great job. Now, I'm running out of time up here. So what I'm going to do is uh, we're just going to get straight to the results. You all did amazing, but uh, let's get the drum roll, okay? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna about to crown somebody to the MVP. And I'm super excited about it. We had a bunch of great champions come up here on stage. But the one, the only, Jonathan Cook. Congratulations to Jonathan Whoa! Cook. You Woo! are the champion today. Oh, how are you feeling, Jonathan? Man, that is awesome. Thank you so much. My energy is through the roof. Woo! Yes, Jonathan, congratulations to you. And I will say this one is for you. You are definitely a champion. Jonathan Cook, you won in advance to the MVP rounds. I'm super excited for you. You're going to get a 30-minute segment on Breakfast with Champions. But I can't forget Anna Moe, Cindy Baker, NG, Erica Aguilar. You are all champions, and congratulations to each and every one of you. You've won yourself a Breakfast with Champions t-shirt. I'm super excited. Jonathan, you're the man. You are all Great champions. Great job, everybody. Glory to God. Woo! Great job. That's right. Yes. Congrats. Great job, everybody. Great job. <laughs> all right. Guys, I will say one last thing before I hand this thing over. And congrats to everyone who came up here on stage. Uh, for those of you that don't know me or maybe just tuning in, uh, my name is Trevor Houston. I'm the host of the Who You Know Job Networking Show. And my purpose, my passion is to help people get back to their cash flow, get people back to work, okay? And so there may be some folks in the audience that are trying to level up their career or maybe they're currently seeking employment right now. We actually have a free 99, it's what we call free 99 uh, Career Transition Summit where I'm gonna teach you how to get noticed in your job search. So if you are searching or maybe you just wanna level up your career, Go take a look at my Instagram bio. There's a link there to the summit. I'd love to see you there. It's actually tomorrow, so make sure you come join us. But now, without further delay, I'm going to hand this thing over to another champion who just lifts me up every time I hear her speak. I hear these uh, sparkles. I hear, I hear this. The one, the only, Danelle Delgado. Good morning. Good morning. Oh my word, it's been so long. I feel like I was having club clubhouse withdrawals, Trevor. I know, I missed you. I was like, where's the nail? Where's she at? <laughs> I know. I have been, uh, sorry guys, I'm down at the bottom. I'm not modded. So if you want to find me, that's where I am. I think they are so, they're not, oh look, now I am. Thank you, whoever did that. I am so absent that they've forgotten who I was. So I'll try to remind you today with some great information, but good morning, uh, good morning, good morning in Glen Lundy fashion. Trevor, thank you for having me. If we haven't gotten to get to know each other yet, uh, I am absolutely blessed to have a moment to share with you guys today. Typically, I run a hot top 10 list, a top 10 list that I suggest people take notes on, that they write down, that they share out 
Um, I love it when people tag me on their stories so they can share this information with other people because we could sit and learn and listen all day, every day. But that is not what made me the millionaire maker. That is not what made me completely transform my life and other people's. What made me do that is my ability to learn and pass it on as fast as possible. And so I truly believe in who we are helping um, is really our our biggest call to progress, uh, not just what we do for ourselves. It's one thing to learn it. It's another thing to implement it. And it is a far greater thing to teach it and watch it impact another. So uh, remember, the greater notes, the greater implementation the greater, the greater human you become, um, the more of an asset to others. I just want you to remember that information is great, but if it is unorganized, it does nothing. And so many people take notes for days at conferences. They, you know, they travel around, they listen to Clubhouse every day while they're driving or working out um, or sitting and they're inspired. They might do all of those things, but then they never again open those notebooks. Well, the amount of time that I have returned to my notes, opened, applied, had a moment, knowed how I tagged something and was able to share it with someone else and helped was one of the factors that helped me win faster than my competition, um, have tools that others didn't because I had organized information. And so I just want to encourage you today to not just be a listener, right? Not thank you, Liza. I see Liza Borges. Thank you for modding me up. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to take y'all through this top 10 today. And, and here's why. I've been gone for a little bit, um, taking some rest time, having some vacation time. It's been over a decade of providing for my three small children by myself, building a business that I am proud of, building a life of opportunity. Um, I just finished up a week in Charleston uh, with one of my greatest dear friends. Her, her hubby was on a road trip, and so we got to go travel and play, and uh it, it was the perfect end to this this month of of thought. Um, you guys know Liza's in here. I got to spend several days for my birthday on a yacht with Liza. Just all of these moments. And, and I'm not saying it to share a brag. I am telling you, I have worked over a decade. It's 12 years now. I've been in the business and sales world, um, starting with nothing, overcoming divorce and cancer and all of these things. And, and my story has built me, right? It's absolutely necessary. It has what has um, molded me to make a difference. It's changed me and grown me. I thought I was an incredible human before who just got a stroke of bad luck, but it wasn't. I was a broken human who needed to be reformed, who needed refining by fire. And I probably will always need that. I'm a stubborn human being. So if you're on here and you're a bit stubborn, understand red flags, hot pink signs don't always work. I think God has to hit me with a, a frying pan sometimes for me to learn the lesson. Um, but it doesn't matter how long it takes or how hard headed you are. Um, the life beyond what you dreamt of sounds a little cheesy as I say it like that is, is closer 
than you would ever think if you would take more note of the information you hear and organize that information as you apply it. Um, sort what is for you, sort what is not. And you'll know your, your instincts already been trained by your creator. You'll know if it's for you or not. Um, some people I think fight the uncomfortable. It's not necessarily the uncomfortable. It's what aligns with your mission, vision, and value. So as I go through this list today, understand some of it may be for you. Some of it may not be. Some of it you may have heard before, but the timing will be just right for you to finally apply. Some of you, this information that you hear, you're meant to take note and share it so that it can be for someone else. All I know is this morning is not meant to be nothing for you. As I've been reflecting, traveling, taking probably the longest break um, and most needed break I've ever had in my life. Um, these are the things that came up for me today. And so I love for you to share them. I love meeting you on social media. Um, I'm excited for the next mountain I am attacking, which will be far more different, far more difficult and require f so much more of me than it ever has. And I'm so excited. I can hardly contain myself. So um, here we go. Let's let's get this list in here. Normally it's a top 10. We're going to see how far I get this morning. It's already 7.09 and I got a lot to say. So Danelle Delgado, here we roll. Glenn Lundy and team, thank you for having me this morning. Let's just see the difference we can make. Uh, the number one, I'm, I'm going to tell you, these are my top list of big life lessons, of dangerous mistakes. Dangerous mistakes, things that hurt me, things that I wasn't aware of, things that I felt like I had been told the truth on, and I believed wholeheartedly, uh, and I was incorrect. Okay. So I'm going to give you my best lessons here this morning. My number one, my number one is beware of the danger of busyness. Busy, busy, busy. In this world, I see people all day long on social media that are busy. I see people all day long in business who are so busy, they don't have time for phone calls, who are so busy that they are missing the blessings right in front of them. And busy is dangerous. Uh, I remember being trained in the sales world and everything that I learned was white space on your calendar is dangerous, is laziness. Well, I learned the difference in this life. Um, and I want to tell you, busy is lazy. Being busy is lazy. There is no one on this earth who should be busy. Okay, and I want you to think about this. If I were to have you write down a list right now of all the things you would do if you weren't busy, the list might shock you. All the things you would have done yesterday if you were too busy, if you weren't too busy to have done them. What would you have done with your family? What would you have done with your children? What would you have done to serve? What would you have done to help? What would you have done to earn? What would you have done to save or multiply? I want you to think about what busy costs you every single day. Because the truth is, most people are just so disorganized that their busyness seems like work. All right? And I didn't have the luxury of busyness. Now, in the beginning, I filled my calendar. I did 10, 12, 2, 4, 6, and 8 every single day. Those were business meetings in every rare hour that I could take. 
business meetings, sales meetings. I met with hundreds of people. I met with one person. It didn't matter as long as there was no white on the schedule. And all that happened is I got really good at scheduling. <laughs> I got really good at booking things. I was less good at closing things. Now, I know that there was a time in life for me to be busy and learn how to work hard. But busy was always laziness. It was laziness to set a schedule. It was laziness to prioritize. It was, lazy, it was laziness to set goals and not write a plan on how to hit those goals. It was laziness of learning those things that would actually make me successful. So one of the da most dangerous moves I ever made was being busy instead of being scheduled. Because when I learned how to schedule, I realized there was time for everyone. There was time for business. There was time for family. There was time for me to raise three kids on my own and build a multi-million dollar business. There was time for me to have fun. And there was time for me to focus. There was time for me to eat. There was time for me to work out. There was time for me to schedule a life of success. But most people would rather be busy feeling like they're chasing success rather than being prioritized and chasing what is necessary, what is needed, and what you will get to the end and feel so empty about and have so much of a hard time resetting your schedule that busy is going to show your laziness and busy is going to keep you from your blessings. So where are you just busy right now and you're not scheduled? Where are you not prioritized? Where are you unplanned? I want you to rate yourself, scale of one to 10, on being busy versus being prioritized, being building the right things. Because you ever find yourself saying, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time to be on Clubhouse. I don't have enough time to be uh, with my family that much. I don't have time. That is a commitment to busy and to lazy. It's not true, okay? I have the same amount of time as same amount of time as Richard Branson, President of the United States, any of them. I, I have as much time as anyone else. It's just how I learned to allocate it. Now, a lot of people will see people live in the high life and they, they think that, oh, it must be nice. No, what was nice was learning to schedule both. And I'll tell you, I've battled with this most of my life because I would rather serve people on my birthday than play. This is the first year of my life to which I got to relax because of a gift of a friend and client rather than build 30 online businesses or build 30 brands um, around a fire in a foreign location because that's what I chose to do to honor my life because I thought if I was busy, I would be blessed. I thought if I was busy enough, I would earn enough that I would one day find a blessing. Well, the blessing is in what you've been given today. That's what I've learned. The blessing doesn't come from busy. It comes from excellence. It comes from working so hard. You know how to schedule and make time for the blessings that have been put in your life. These are changes that I've had to make over the last 12 years because I did it wrong. And it's a dangerous mistake to be busy. It's a dangerous mistake to be busy. Okay, I want you to think about this. Scale yourself, rate it on a scale of one to 10 right? If you think this is good and you know someone else on Clubhouse right now who might need to hear the other points that I'm going to make, I suggest you hit the add button and you tag them on in here because it's not just about you. 
It's about who you can help. This life has definitely been about who I've brought up the ladder, who I've gotten to make a difference in their life. I see my, I see my impact with Glenn, working with Eliza. I'm just going through this. Look, I see Kristen Kingsbury in here. I've gotten time with her. Uh, I see some incredible humans. It's about who you bring on the ladder with you. It's not about what you learn in this morning and can turn around and teach. It's about bringing them with you, letting them see you learn how to handle your busy. All right. So I thank you guys for inviting people. I, I see people I know pinging on in here. I'm going to go ahead and ping people in here right now who I think this could help. That's what it's about. Right. Oh, look, I see some legends in here. Get on in here. All right. So here we go. That's number one. Scale yourself one, one to 10. Are you just being busy all the time? right? Are you quieting your kids while you're on the phone? Are you what? We're in summer vacation over here in the United States. Some of you might not be. I know some people are in the school year, but listen, are you taking care of yourself or do you keep saying next year, next year, next year? I know because I said that for so many years until it had to become the number one thing. Number one, even right, like, are you a one or a 10? Don't, don't say you're a number seven. That's a lazy one. That's just saying you're not great. You're not bad. So you're justifying being okay. Scale of one to 10, write down all the people you've been too busy for, write down all the people you've been, and you can replace the word busy with lazy. That's fine. Right? I'm just hardcore. I'm like, I forgot the velvet in the hammer today. It's been so long. I just got to tell you all the truth today. <laughs> okay. Write down the activities that you've been needing to do, but you've been too busy to do. Write down all the things just because you're hustling. It feels great. It's busy. It's too lazy to really realize how great life could be. And I'm going to tell you this because I'm a survivor three times over. I wake up differently than most. I treasure things differently you want to know how committed I am to this morning? I've missed the last. Barbara, thank you so much for covering for me a couple weeks in a row. Alpha, you have covered for me as I went and did the things. I'm so committed. I woke up an extra hour early. I'm getting ready to pick up my kids this morning, okay, from their dads. I drove over here early because there's no Wi-Fi on part of the trip, and I knew I wouldn't be able to do Clubhouse. So I came over here at 6 a.m. Colorado time so I could sit just down the street street from where they are, train for an hour and pick them up on time because I didn't want to waste a minute. Yes, I could have said, hey, I'll be 15 minutes later today. I don't want to waste an ounce of time with my kids who are home. That's prioritized. That's scheduled. That's planned for success. Not letting busyness take my moments. Whew, it's 18 minutes on number one. I better get my hustle on. I better thank you guys for those of you who are texting me. I see you. <laughs> I'm glad this is hitting home. Here we go. Number two. Number two, a dangerous mistake. One of my biggest life lessons was thinking because I was raised in the church and I am a believer and I live and breathe and I taught the Bible and I was a youth pastor that I was here on this earth to serve everyone that I was here on this earth to serve everyone. And I want to let you know the lesson that I learned in serving everyone was it was the death to myself. 
the death to my breath to being able to help others with my sheerest capability. It wasn't serve everyone. It was love everyone, pray for everyone, but serve those who are seeking, those who will accept support, help, training, teaching, learning, service. I want you to understand the difference because I am known to serve everyone. I'm on here serving Glenn. And by serving Glenn, I'm serving all of you. I might, might not be everyone's cup of tea. I might not be everyone's shot of whiskey. Right? I, I, my message might not be for you. But right now I'm serving Glenn because he's doing something that he believes in. This is his passion, heart, soul, what he believes God designed him to do. And he said, I want you to take a spot. And you always serve me so well, Danelle. Thank you. <laughs> I love you, Glenn. I'm here to serve his mission, right? And in doing that, I'm going to serve a few of you, but I'm going to tell you on here, I'm not meant to train everyone or have one of the dearest friendships in the world with them. Like I do with Glenn, like I do with Liza, like I do with Scott Simons, right? I'm meant to serve those who are seeking my life lessons, my business lessons, my, how I do things through my core values, how my character has shifted has helped me find the few. I am meant to love everyone. I'm not meant to mistreat people. I am overwhelmingly full of grace, more than most people think I should, but it's not for them to judge. It's for me to offer grace because I love all, but I am here to serve those who are seeking what I know, what I can do for them. And so many people are out there trying to serve those who hate them. They're trying to serve those who wouldn't want an ounce of their time. They're trying to serve those who hate and hurt them. I do not believe that is what I am here for. I believe I am here to love those people. I am believe that I am here to show my emotional intelligence can serve those who hate me, right? Can love those who hate me rather but I am here to serve wholeheartedly, like grit, blood, sweat, and tears, sacrifice some of myself for those who are willing to accept and apply and learn and transform. I'm here to serve the Glens. I'm here to serve the Lizas. I'm here to serve those who are ready and willing to take it in, apply, know where they need help, ask questions. I am not here to think that I need to serve those who are unwilling to take it in, those who want to combat, those who want to blame, those who want to do those things. Those people I'm meant to love, I'm meant to pray for. So I want you to be clear in who you are meant to serve, right? I want you to understand there will be pain in serving the right people. There will be problems, there will be challenges just like that. But I watch so many people who are trying to get along with their family, trying to change people they love, trying to um, adjust humans in the world who are just not at the level that they are ready to accept. I will tell you, your love will conquer all, your service will not. And that is a mistake that I tried to follow. I beat myself up and had a low self-esteem for a long time because people wouldn't pick up what I was putting down. And what I learned is I was meant to love those people, not transform them. The world knows my name, USA Today, Forbes. They're some of the greatest things in the world. My PR company does a great job at making sure 
the world knows my name. Doesn't mean my mother is proud. Doesn't mean that she loves who I've become. She believes different things. I love her. I offer her grace, but I am not meant to change her. I'm not meant to. I'm not meant to serve her. I'm meant to serve a lot of the rest of the world. I'm meant to love her. I'm meant to pray for her. And that is 100% okay with me. There is no unhealed bone in my body. All I have is love and grace. But I am not meant to serve those who are unwilling to change. So I want you to think about how much effort you have put out there trying to change a human unwilling to and unwanting to and thinking about how you could love them into being open to it and serving those who truly are ready and willing to pick up your lessons and let it bring them their blessings. It will make your fight in this life so much lighter. That's number two life lesson that I've been blessed to learn. I, I watch just how many people beat themselves up for what the people that raise them think of them or how they're trying to make someone proud or how they're, how they're using their anger to climb their success ladder. They're, they're saying, I'm just going to prove it to them. Well, all that anger at the top of your mountain will not serve you. It will not bring blessing. It will not bring peace. The only way you find that is in yourself and in who you're meant to serve and seeing you change one life, it will take away the pain of you trying to serve someone who God didn't mean your message for. Now that's just my opinion. Some people may fight that. Some people may say, and they may interpret the Bible differently than me. That's okay. That's meant to be their message. This one's meant to be mine. And it's for somebody today who is beating themselves up and keeping them from serving the rest of their world because they're trying to serve the few. You know what? There's a few I'm not meant to serve. I can serve masks in the classes that would be working. I have a microphone for the right and almost was quieted by the few. So let that happen to you. There's a mass group of people who needs your message, who needs your mission, who needs your heart. Okay? All right, I love you all. All right, here we go. Number three. Number three. Now, this is a dangerous mistake, and I learned it the hard way because I will tell you, I was this human for a very long time. One of the biggest dangerous mistakes that I ever made was reading half of things. Reading half of books, reading half of situations, reading half of a conversation. I only showed up because I was a great starter and a poor finisher. Um... I, I started powerfully. I'd pick up a book and I'd read and I'd think I got everything I needed from it and I'd fail to finish. Well, until I became an author, I didn't understand how much authors can't wait for the end because the end is where the magic is. The end is where it all comes to fruition and where it takes all of your experiences and makes it make sense. I want you to understand that 
most humans are great starters and poor finishers, that most humans believe read a lot of things. I read 66 books a year, like the wealthiest people in the world. And I'm like, how many did you finish? How many did you organize the information and apply? How many did you sort the information based on your mission, vision, and values? Sometimes the person who reads three books applies, implements, changes, grows, transforms. They Rather than reading 66, although 66 books I've done and I also love and I finish them and it's amazing. I'm just giving you an example. Okay. Somebody who reads three implements and applies might just write theirs as the fourth because of what they learned in it. I just want you to, to understand how many relationships did you not finish well? How many humans did you not say what you need to say? How many things did you start well and not finish reading half of books was uh, an intuitive reminder to me that I sometimes left things unfinished, that I did not create hard lines and hard boundaries to be clear. Hey, listen, you are allowed in my world. Hey, listen, you are not. How you do one thing is how you do everything. But if you do some things, half of things, it's a mistake your finish lines will look different than they could. And I always laugh at people, right? I'll take it back. Uh, prior to having children, <laughs> here I am justifying my moves. Uh, I, I love being an athlete in my life. Um, and I remember, I remember the first triathlon and uh, I did it with one of my girlfriends, two of my guy friends, and the guys started the swim three minutes before we did because they were very fast, right? Um, swimming is something I excelled in. So we got in the water. They started three minutes ahead. And when I came out of the water, all of our friends and fans were, sh were like, wait, is that Danelle? Wait, whoa, what? This doesn't even make sense. Because I beat the gentleman out of the water. I didn't even know that. The water was so cold. I had no idea where I was swimming and what I was doing. And I was probably a little delirious, right? And I got up and I got out of that water and I went running and everyone was shocked. And then they were cheering and they were like, you're the first one out of the water. <laughs> and I was shocked, right? And I started running and I went and, and I did the bike. As soon as we got on the bike, they passed me in two seconds. The bike is not my favorite. It's not where I excelled. And then on the run at the end, right? I'm coming in. I came in third of my friends, but right next to me, right next to me, there was this muscly dude. And I was like, and he was quite a bit up for me. And I was like, man, here's what I got to do. All I got to do to make myself proud. I didn't even care how much of the race I had crushed. I didn't care that I was first in the swimming, that I finished the bike faster than I ever had. Uh, I didn't care about any of that. All I cared about, and I said, for me to finish well, I got to pass this muscly dude. I got to show myself in the run. Now, this last stretch of run was on a beach. So it was the hardest part of the run because imagine swimming, biking, running, and finishing that in the sand. Okay. So here we go. I'm in the sand and I am grinding with everything that I have to just beat this one human across the finish line. Right as we get to the finish line, I take one last leap and our finish line picture I will never forget.
It's me leaning over. I'm white as a ghost. I throw up about three seconds later, by the way. And because I'd given it everything I had and I look and, and to my left is a gentleman looking at me to my right with a disgusted face because I passed him right at his finish line picture. <laughs> and I'm giggling now. I'm so mean. But let me just tell you, that is my greatest story of finishing well. And I learned more about myself in this that last stretch of the race when it was the hardest than I ever could have learned at the beginning by being first out of the water, celebrating before I began. And I was passed two minutes later on a bike. In life, if we only read half the things, we miss the lessons at the end. If we only finish things incompletely, we lose who we are supposed to become when we close the right loops, when we finish things well. I want you to rate yourself on, are you a great finisher? Or do you quit before the end? Do you lose stamina? What is your tell? How we do one thing is how we do everything. And I, I want you to check yourself right now in life. How many things have ended poorly for you? How many of things have you finished incredibly? How many things do you need to go back and close the loop? How many books do you have on your shelf that you were like, I just needed that one line out of there and it changed everything and I moved on because I'll tell you, I was the queen of reading half of books. I was the queen of doing things until I liked them and I didn't like them anymore. I would move on. I missed so much of the lessons. So many. Let me correct my English. I missed so many of the lessons. I missed so much of the glory of the incredible knowledge I would have been able to organize and attain if I would have finished. Now, some people love it and they're like, hey, that's all I needed. But I, I would ask them, how do you know that's all you needed if you didn't finish the book? How do you know that's all you needed if, if, if it wasn't there? Listen, I wouldn't have known how to put up healthier boundaries in my life if I would have just walked away when things got hard. I wouldn't have known how to do those lessons. I wouldn't have known how to offer grace in the way that I offer grace to people that is only done by God, right? That sometimes things that have been done to me, with me, have been inexcusable. But let me just tell you, I learned to stop quitting on the half lessons. I learned how to finish because those hardest lessons of my life are where I learned to set healthy boundaries. They're where I learned to give grace in all circumstances. They're where I learned who to love and who to serve. They're how I learned how to prioritize versus being busy. I just want to encourage you to, to stop getting half of the lesson. I want you to understand that until you finish the last chapter of a book, you can't understand the author. And that is the greatest gift we will have. Books are forever. You want to learn from Andrew Carnegie. You want to learn from the greatest minds of the world. You have their books, but you cannot learn their full capacity and all they have to offer you unless you finish their work and you understand where they were coming from. You cannot understand a human until you close the loop of finishing the race with each one. And so I want to challenge you. You've heard it before. Life's lessons repeat until you learn them. Just start finishing well. Don't just be a great starter. Be a great finisher. That 
is one of the most dangerous mistakes that I have lived, is reading half of things. Situations, people, books, anything. All right, I love y'all. That's three. Okay, that's three. Here we go. You guys ready for some more? Woo-wee. Here we go. Don't just want you in all the things. I want you in the right things. This is amazing. I'm loving seeing all of you in here. Holy moly, it's a great room. Thank you for inviting. Glenn, you're just crushing this life. The number one breakfast in the world. I mean, I stopped having breakfast and I just started being here. <laughs> it's like intermittent <laughs> fasting with Clubhouse. <laughs> okay? one because we're number one because of the people. It's all about the 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 collective people people like you Danelle so thank you thank you thank you this is incredible that last point that you just made about finishing I am definitely guilty I am guilty of reading <laughs> three quarters of the book no doubt it happens often and so that one really struck a chord with me and I just love what you do I love what you bring keep it up friend Thank you. Thank you. I'll tell you, Glenn. Remember, I'm only sharing what I did, too. <laughs> I, had, I had hundreds of books that were partly finished. <laughs> and I excuse them. This is what we do as humans, right? We rationalize why we do things. So it's very funny. It's like when you compliment a woman on her dress, she'll tell you how cheap it was and from what store it was. When people do certain things, they'll quickly excuse why they did it that way or they'll have a rationalization so that you love them with that. And like, well, I got it. that. And this is the number one thing I hear from entrepreneurs and humans who are out there reading, learning and achieving is that they, they go, well, I got what I needed and I moved on. And I was like, well, how do you know that if you didn't finish, right? How do we know that? And it's because we're always in a hurry to win. We want to win. But the thing is, is God lines things up in front of you. So they become your blessing and your lesson, but you're never finishing lessons. It sure takes them a long time to talk to you and get the message across. All right, here we go. Now I'm going to get all these messages of people, Glenn, who are going to go, well, should I go back and finish those books or should I start anew and just say from now on, I'll finish all the books. Okay, listen, use your instincts. What book was the best? Where'd you get the most information? Great. Finish that one. Start a new one. New information is daily. The answer is yes to both questions. Just yes. Do all the things, right? Listen, your instincts are gold. They're everything. And when you're training, when you're here listening, that means you're training them correctly. Okay. All right. Number four. Here we go. Number four on this most dangerous mistakes and life lessons that I have learned. Number four is that trust. Trust is not a fill in the blank. I can't tell you how many times people have tried to explain it to me when being burnt, hurt, or lost on this journey. A lot of people would say trust is earned. Trust is proven. Trust is given to those who prove loyal, right? They, they've said so many things to me. What have you heard about trust? Who do you trust? What are your patterns? One of the greatest mistakes I learned is listening what trust is from other people. Trust is inherent. Ronald Reagan said, trust but verify, right? This is the whole innocent until proven guilty mentality. And I just want to tell you, trust is inherent. Trust is built in. You have a conscience. And if you doubt it, you know why. 
There is no reason, no logical thing. We have instincts and intuitions that are meant to protect us. And every time I ignored a red flag that came from my soul, my spirit, and my experiences, every time I ignored it, I was incorrect. And I want to tell you right now, trust is merely something you can develop for yourself. And this is what I've learned. On this journey of life, I was hard to trust in the beginning because I didn't know which way I would choose. I had no reason for things. I had um, no backing behind things or uh, reasons to say I would do this or I wouldn't do this. I was just running through life by the seat of my pants and I had no values created, no core characters. I was only my morals that was given to me as a child. Um, most of the trainings I train, people will be like, oh, that's that's like kind of similar to this person. I'm like, is it? I was inherently grained in that Bible. Right. And so I'll tell you, trust is this journey we go on with ourselves. And as we um, as we learn to trust ourselves, as we learn to know, we'll always do the thing that is right rather than what is fastest or what is needed or what will get us ahead. As we learn to trust ourselves, we develop our ability to trust others right? It's this amazing thing that what I do is, is help people through these growth pieces. I help them heal their foundationary cracks and I help them um, make the million dollar mind and then the million dollar business. This is all necessary, right? But trust is this thing that you can only develop as you learn to trust yourself. How do you know? Well, I've worked with some of the world's greatest. I have trusted some of the world's greatest because their name was shouted from the top. And when I got there, I learned that, oh my goodness, that human is not just trusting. Um, that human is not trustworthy. They can't even trust themselves. Look at the decisions making. Then I've met other of my heroes and I go, oh my word, that person has always been their word to me. That person has been remarkable to me. Trust when you build it for yourself, you are on this journey, you will know the red flags. You will know who to be loyal to. A lot of people will say, Danelle, why do you hang out with this person? Why do you hang out with this person? What do you do? And I'm like, listen, this has been developed. The more I trust myself and tell myself the truth, the more I do the right things, the greater people are brought into my life. The more I do the wrong things, the wrong people are brought into my life. There is no trust is that I have learned from a mentor. There is trust is developed by the trust I build in myself. And the trust I build in myself has brought incredible humans to my life. Incredible people to listen to. But I will tell you one of those dangerous mistakes you can make is listening to anyone else's version of trust. Right? When people say, oh, I'm the most honest person in the world, I, I'm like, well, I immediately don't trust you. Why would you have to say that? I have more integrity than anyone in the world. And I'm like, I automatically out. No, thank you. Right? I watch. I learn because I can see people take those steps that I took myself. I can see that glimmer in their eyes, right? Here's the thing. When you help coach people, when you are a mentor to people, you are going to see people who are in the middle of their healing journey, in the middle of their process of becoming a trusted individual to themselves and to others. And if they don't finish the work, there's a chance they will be disloyal to you. They will break you. 
They will do those things. Some people, it shuts them down and makes them question their talents. Me, I just wanted to make the water sweeter and say, how could we help more people finish their healing to do good in the world while I have to, right? You know if you're telling yourself the truth. You know if you're lying to yourself. You know if you've been telling your family, hey, I'm going to finish this race. I'm going to make this worth our time. All this sacrifice is going to be worth it. Is it? Or have you just been telling them that for a very long time? I want you to think about if you are a trusted individual, if you have done the right things for others, or if you've taken the shortcut and you've cut people out, right? People ask a lot of times, well, Danelle, you have all these highfalutin friends and all these things. Why? How did you build those? Did you write them and say, how can I add value to you today? No, I didn't. I saw their problems and I helped solve them. I learned who were the good, honest folk out there and I shared them. There are incredible people out there in the world. I didn't over edify and over trust once I learned that my instincts were being trained by myself. My instincts were being trained by my actions. And if I wanted to find better people in the world, I needed to be a better person in the world. And I needed to quit with the white lies, with the embellishments, with those things that helped move me forward faster, but were not the truth. I see it all the time in salespeople. Just little tweaks on the truth. Also lies. This will mean that you are disloyal. This will mean that you cannot be trusted. You should not be hired. You should not be one of those humans. This is something that is developed. It's a mistake that I made. And I listened to what people taught me. I listened to people training me, telling me how to say things. I listened to scripts and quips and things. And I said those things until I realized I was lying. They weren't true right? I remember when I was selling a bunch of product and I was saying things like, you can earn up to da, 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 da. Well, nobody ever did because I was the number one in the company and I knew what I made for a living. It was a white adjusted embellishment of a lie. And I had to learn how to correct those things. What about your family? Hey, it was late. Instead of saying directly what you were doing, all of those little tweaks you make to your character will kill you. They were never build trust. All of those times you say something bad about someone who's in your circle, that will make you an untrustworthy person, right? Most people are simply quiet because they're afraid of what they're gonna say. I was quiet because I was afraid of the truth. And the more I shared the truth, the better I did. The more I hid things to try and protect other people, the more it looked bad on me. I'm going to tell you, this happened over and over to me. I was trying to protect those who mistreated me because I was like, I can take the fall. These shoulders are tough. Whatever. Move on. Who cares about hate? Who cares about that? And you watch people create lies around the truth and do things. Well, if that hurt me, it's my own fault. I didn't just say the truth. So I want to share with you that trust is whatever you make it, whatever you become, whoever you become, whatever you build. If it's earned, then you have to earn it. If it's proved, you have to prove it. If it's for the loyal, it's loyal, but I will tell you it's developed in you first. And the more you learn to battle that journey and finish well yourself, 
the more the right people will be in your life, the more you will stand up for things. There will be no um, things that are unclear. There will be no lines that are crossed. There will be no problems when you can do that for yourself. That is a tough lesson that I have learned. And one of the most dangerous moves you will ever make is allowing those things in yourself. Whew, this was deep this morning. Number five. <laughs> Number five, most dangerous mistakes. Okay, I, I think I've got time for six of them here this morning, so it'll be a top six list. Okay, but number five is, is people, here's how I want to explain this. Okay, money is not the answer, and I'm going to explain this to you because I do love what money does, right? People say money can't buy you happiness. Well, it's bought me a lot of things that have made me happy. Money can't buy this. It can't, like, that. people will give you all your opinions about money. Okay. Um, we all know that money is needed to serve others. Uh, I remember being afraid because I worked in the church of, of making too much money and I, I never wanted to be, um, money hungry or not serving. I remember giving 50% of my income away or not earning what I was worth because I was, I'm um, just making sure that I was a humble servant of the Lord. <laughs> okay. I remember those fears. I understand those dangers, but I also know that the more I earned, the more I I could help. I know that I have donated more than most people I knew growing up ever made in a year. And I, I know that all these things I've disproved, but I want you to understand um, money is so necessary. Great. We need to work on your beliefs. You need to understand those things, but money is not the answer. It's who you become to earn it is the answer. The person you become along the way of knowing and fixing your money issues is the rarest, most valuable treasure of all. Um, when you learn how to spend and how to earn, when you learn how to keep, save, and multiply, when you learn when to give and when not to, when you have facts that back up all of your beliefs around money, let me just tell you who you become is the true treasure, okay? You need to make money so that you know things about yourself you'd never learn when you're broke. You need to expose things that have held you back. And those will only happen as you earn money. You will need to learn to invest so you understand what happens to you to risk and how to always continue earning. You must learn to play these games with yourself that your mind will absolutely do because of the experiences you have had and how you were raised. If you ever find yourself defending yourself to others, this is the greatest thing in the world. When people talk to me, they just feel like they need to explain themselves all over the place. Well, this is why I did this. And this is why I did this. And this is why I said this. And this is why I took this action. And whether it has to do with money or sales or anything or why they made this business move, they'll never just tell me what it is. They'll explain it first. And when you find yourself explaining, you don't find yourself becoming. When you can say what it is, and that's a fact, and that is what it is, and you have everything in your mind to back it up, you will never need to explain yourself again. You'll never need to say why. It will be the reason. And this is who you become when you earn. Because you learn to have the research. You learn to have the details. You learn to have everything you need to move it forward. It is the greatest gift in the world. 
So money is an answer to some things, yes, but who you become to build that wealth is the most valuable thing in the world. And you can't become it being broke. You just can't. You aren't introduced to the things and the level of mental capacity that you will need to endure and have and build and create without this money quest. You won't. I would not be the person I am without winning and losing. I would be the person I was um, from all I learned during a pandemic buying our new home, right? Those are things I would never have learned. It was so easy to buy a home. Man, we were looking to buy in February 2020. I got any loan I wanted, anything in the world. Nobody questioned what I did for a living, right? Because I'm a solopreneur. I learned more buying a home in 2020 than any lesson I could ever learn. I taught people in the mortgage world and in the insurance world during that time, things that they never would have learned. Who I became in that challenge was so remarkable and it never could have happened at any other time. What a blessing. That was the treasure. So a lot of people are out there looking for those money goals and those, um, those things just keep hitting targets, but let it keep uncovering who you are, where you're weak, where you're strong, what you need to learn and organize that information, lean in to that information so that you get what money only being able to earn can buy is who you are and who you become and what kind of human you could be developed into when money is at play. Being broke taught me a lot. It was necessary. It taught me I will never have to be that again because of everything that I learned. I have tools that I will never, ever have to be there again. It taught me tools of how to help people that are broke. It taught me um, the brokenness that needs to be healed so that people can actually earn. If you have been stuck at a certain amount of money and never over the top of that, there's something else you need to learn, right? Money never gets stuck, just people do. So I want to challenge you to become the human, the treasure that is invaluable, right? That is unignorable because of the lessons you have earned. There should be no explaining around your money. I never used, I'm divorced. I have three children, tiny children on my own. I have cancer. Never, never. Never use those as excuses. Those, those were gems, invaluable gems in my life that made me one of the greatest assets on the planet to some of the highest performers in the world. And I want to challenge you, what you're avoiding might just be your greatest skill, your greatest asset, and money can't buy it. But going to earn money is what is going to give you that tool for life. All right, that's my top five. I'm going to give you one more. I got six minutes. Are you ready for it? I hope you have written these down. I hope you share them. I hope you talk to me on social media. I can't wait to find you. Number six, emotions confuse skills. Okay. I know we've talked about this. I think it was Friday last week. I hopped on Breakfast of Champions and one of my dear, dear friends who that this life has brought into my world is Sharon Lecter. And I was listening to her talk about when he, and I think she and Grant were talking about when emotions are high, intelligence is low, 
And I want you to understand a lot of people think passion and fight and anger and all these things are fueling them forward. They'll use the good emotions. They'll use the bad emotions. And I just want to tell you when emotions are involved, it does confuse your skills. Okay. All emotions, all the good, the bad, the ugly, the everything in between, all emotions make you susceptible to mistakes. Okay, they make you willing to do things based on a feeling rather than a fact. And I I want you to understand that emotions are pathways for you to improve. Okay, emotions are necessary. Without emotions, we wouldn't have love, that euphoria. We wouldn't have um, the passion to create. Without emotions, Glenn wouldn't have created this and keep doing it every day. If he didn't get stories in his inbox every single day, That, Glenn, you've saved my life on Breakfast of Champions. This person talked and this person talked. And if you weren't all doing this because of emotions, because of how you feel right now, inspired and moving forward and amazing, okay, I understand we would be a horrible place without emotions, but understand this. As you are building a life and a business, the dangerous mistake was making decisions based on emotions. I had to make decisions based on facts And I built stamina based on emotions. Okay. And and I just want to challenge you. Some of my biggest mistakes were decisions I made in emotional moments, right? From divorce, from court, from relationships, from hurt and pain and business on the way. Because there will be, there will be one of my greatest mentors in the world. His name was John. And, and he told me, Danelle, there are snakes in the grass. It's just if they bite you or not. And I didn't even know what that meant until I got started in business and I realized there were snakes and horrible humans. And how could people, I can't tell you how many times in my career have I said, I just still can't believe that after all of this, people still shock me. How are people capable of doing things like this? Listen, this is just life. Look it. There's murder. There's sex trafficking. There's all these things we could never explain. People need healing. This world needs healing. People, we need unity, not division, right? This being the first year ever I've had to talk to my children about racism. We are a biracial family and for them to not understand and for me not to know fully how to explain it to them. Listen, emotions confuse skill. There is more to study to unify the world. There is more to study to earn your best. There is more to research and learn and grow into, but understand your emotions will leave you open for mistakes. So in emotion, take notes, research, learn. When being decisive and when making decisions and when making choices, be fact-based. Ladies and gentlemen, this is my top 10 that became a top six because I had so much to say today. I'm Danelle Delgado. I look forward to talking to you all more. I want to pass it, I believe, back to Glenn to reset the room for the next hour. I hope you've learned. I hope you ask questions. I hope you take notes. I hope you share. And I'm going to give it back to Glenn if he is here. Can we get a mic flash for my friend Danelle Delgado? I'm here. I've been taking notes. You're amazing, Danelle. Thank you so very much. Uh, In between beating my children and 
taking taking notes this morning. You're the best. Yeah. So for the forever, my, for forever, my wife has uh, forever. My wife has told the the kids that they can't say the word butt, b u t t. They have to say the word bottom. And I always thought it was silly. And so last week I vetoed and overruled and allowed the word butt. And now every 30 minutes for the last seven days, they've been calling each other butt heads and all oh, these no. <laughs> So now we are reversing the conversation. Mama was right. Let's just put it out there, folks. Never overrule the mama of the house. Just don't do it. So that's been our fun challenge uh, this week. But Danelle, just so many great, uh, just so many great points of points of wisdom. And I love how you always succinctly take your stories and your experiences and bring them to us in in such a way that we can then use them to grow their shortcuts right these are cheat codes folks who raise your hand or flash your mic or yeah you can raise your hand I, I can open that raise your hand or flash your mic if you used the uh up down left right a b select start flash your flash your mics if you know what that is up down left right a b select start raise your hand Contra. if you know what that is Right, raise your hand if you know what that is. Everybody, right? The cheat code. Y'all used it. It was I'm the cheat code, man. It was uh, Infinity Lives. Infinity Lives on Contra. A, up, down, left, right, A, B, select, start, or something like that. It was close to that. And we all used that cheat code. And the cheat code made the game easier. Now, you still had to go through the game. You still had to go through every level. You still had to overcome. You still had to win. You still had to do all of those things. It just made the game easier. And that's what happens when these champions come into this room. When Danelle Delgado gives you six steps, she just gave you A, B, select, start. You know, A, B, up, down, select, start. That's what she just gave you. She gave you the six pieces of the cheat code. And so I, for one, am so grateful for these opportunities because the wisdom that gets dropped in these rooms uh, earlier, Liza and Joy talking, what Trevor brings to the table, what William brings to the table, Coach Isaac putting on a clinic this morning, right? All of this this information, dude, prior to, to Clubhouse and, and, and Breakfast with Champions, I mean, it was five grand a rip, 10 grand a rip, you know? Um, um, Danelle, what's it, Danelle, if I, if, I, if I need you to come speak at my corporate event for an hour, what's that cost? <laughs> 25 grand it depends if it's in person or online right between 15 and 25 grand depending on if it's in person or online and she just came in and did that for us today and that's amazing and i am so thankful so please execute on this stuff we talked about that this morning right we talked about uh really tapping in figuring out our gift and then making sure to execute I, I, I said something earlier um, that I had heard from John Maxwell, right? If there are five frogs sitting on a log and four of them decide to jump off, how many are left? And instinctively, our brain says, well, if there's five frogs sitting on a log and four decide to jump off, that would there would be one left. And that is incorrect. The answer is five. There would still be five. Because deciding to jump off of the log is not the same as executing. It's not the same. 
So this morning, as you're hearing these words of wisdom and you're making decisions to change your life, the decision alone won't do it. You got to execute. You got to execute. You got to press play. You got to press start. You got to get up. You got to roll over. You got to put that thing down. You got to pick that thing up. You got to follow the lessons. You got to take the notes. You got to read the book all the way to the end. Execute. Execute, execute, execute. Listen, this is Breakfast with Champions, Millionaire Breakfast Club, your opportunity to get a seat at the table to hang out with some of these amazing superhumans that are doing some of the things you know you can do that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We are here Monday through Friday from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time. We're also here on Saturdays from 6 to noon and Sundays with our fabulous Club 111. That's at 111 p.m. Eastern time. That's your opportunity to sit back, relax, reflect, we do worship. We have prayer time. If that's your jam, come join us on Sundays at Club 111 for that. It's absolutely spectacular. Uh, do me a huge favor. Next on the stage, we've got Chris Winfield and Jen Gottlieb. They're going to be bringing it for us. So if you could, please go ahead and hit that plus sign in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen. we got another hour of power here on Breakfast with Champions. Also, make sure that you know, just know, you don't even have to know. I know for you. In case you didn't know, you did not come into this room by chance. You came into this room by choice. And when you make powerful, positive choices in your life, like Danelle was talking about earlier, the people in your environment, they start to become attracted to you, the right people. And so right now you're sitting in this room next to the right people. There are people right in front of you, people behind you, people to your left, people to your right, people on the corners, people on this end of the breakfast table, people on that end of the breakfast table. These are all like-hearted individuals. We might not all be like-minded. We might have different belief systems, different perspectives. Some of us are believers. Some of us are non-believers, right? Some of us were raised one way. Some of us were raised another way. And that's totally okay. We're not necessarily all like-minded, but we're definitely all like-hearted in this room. So take the time to connect with the people around you. Tap their face, follow them. Maybe you'll have an opportunity to serve them or they'll have an opportunity to serve you. Execute, execute, execute. Also make sure, follow our club up there at the top so you don't miss any of the Breakfast with Champions events that we've got going on moving forward. And the last thing I do wanna share, we have something special going on this week. My friend Ryan Leak, he was a guest here on Wednesday that Dr. Rowe brought us to. I'm here. Hey, Ryan, you're here right now. I'm here right now. I'm, yes, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> He's here. I didn't see you come in, man. You snuck in the oh, back door. Man, dude, what, what she was just talking about is so incredible. And, dude, the, the, the whole idea on finishing, it, it, and, like, what really stuck out to me was that finishing books type of deal. Obviously, you're getting ready to promote my book. But it's interesting. Kindle came out with their statistics and they said 85% of their readers only get to page 60. Only get to page 60. So if you even get to half of a book, you're in the top 15% of people in the world. Wow. And if you finish it, you're – so when you start thinking about how do I, how do I uh, get a competitive advantage against my competition and how do I grow, like if you really want to be in the top, I have to echo what – what she was talking about, man, fin finishing books. I, and, and I am, I am convicted by that as well. I, I'm an audible guy. I can't tell you how many books I started listening to. And I said, man, ah, 
but uh but i i'm very challenged by by her words so so anyways just uh excited to hear hear all of the good stuff in the clubhouse today yes sir yes sir and i'm so glad that you're here um with us ryan came on and and spoke and shared uh last wednesday and i got a chance to ask him a question i said I said, Ryan, my question is, can we be best friends? <laughs> That's my one question. Here we are. And here we are. We've been talking ever since. And speaking of finishing books, Ryan just recently uh, finished a book called Chasing Failure. Ryan, could you tell him a little bit about that book? And then Ryan has chosen something I've never had any of my authors ever do. Ryan wants every single person that comes through this room to get a copy of his book on him. He's going, he's buying the book for That's you, right. or giving you the book. He's going to right. deliver it to you. You don't have to pay for shipping. It's not a free plus shipping or anything like that. Uh, he wants no. to give you the book. So Ryan, yeah. can you talk a little bit, of, a little bit about the book to them and then yeah. we'll tell them how to get it. And then we'll pass it to Chris and Jen and Chris and for Jen. Sure. Thank you so much for your grace this morning. For sure. So yeah, I've written a book called chasing failure, how falling short sets you up for success. Um, I had the opportunity to uh, get to work out for the Phoenix Suns, and, and I failed. And it could have been a moment that absolutely brought a lot of shame, a lot of embarrassment, but it was actually the moment that really propelled my career forward. And so in this book, I, I really talk about the lessons that can be learned from failure. And I, I don't think you're failing unless you're failing to learn from from your failures and so uh, this book really encourages people to to really move forward and to be able to understand uh sometimes what is failure telling us is it telling you that you should be doing something else is it telling you that you should be working harder i think failure has a message for each and every person whether you're talking about uh, a student or you're talking about somebody that that's running a business and so um, i am a person that has always been a fan of taking risk. And if you read this book, I promise you, you are going to take some risk, whether big or small. And uh, yeah, I, I am, I am buying them. Uh, I am, I am happy to, uh, one of my core values uh, for our business, for our personal life is generosity. And Dr. Rowe uh, brought me on to, to this group. And I, and I just said, man, this is, this is the group I really want to sow into and invest in. And um, and so it's it's a part of our it's a part of our book launch. The only thing we ask is that whenever you do finish the book, okay, that that's when you finish it. Uh, if you could leave us a, a, a review wherever you uh, wherever you uh, on Amazon or whatever your favorite online retailer is, uh, if you could leave us a review. But yes, it is it is free. Yeah, Ryan. My mom called me yesterday after I talked about it on Rising Grind. She said. <laughs> She said, what's that angle? I said, what's she talking about? She said, this man, this man that he has a cost associated with that book. He cannot just give that book away for free. I said, mama, I know. Like, I called right. him and made sure that this is what he yeah. wanted to do. Because oh, yeah. there's thousands of people. So I said, yeah. I said, the thing is, he just wants to serve. He believes he's putting his money where his mouth is, is what it is. See, Ryan oh, believes the words in the books. He believes absolutely. that the words in the books are going to make an impact in your life. And he Absolutely. has been called to make an impact in people's lives. So he's putting his Absolutely. money where his mouth is. If he buys you oh, a book sure. and the book's terrible and it don't make a change, well, then that, that's, that's the risk he's taking. Yeah, then I've wasted my money. <laughs> right. You're not wasting yours. He's wasting his. Oh, yeah. 
but he believes in it. So Ryan, I think it's amazing. How do they get a free in their mailbox copy of your book? So first thing you want to do is you want to text uh, my community number. You want to text the word champion to the number 469-809-1201. Again, you're going to text the word champion to the number 469-809-1201. You'll automatically get a message from me that just says, hey, it's me. It's really my number. Blase, blase. Um, You'll need to click a link to give me permission to text you back. Um, then uh, you should receive a message from me saying, hey, uh, we got you locked in. And then you should receive a, a third message that says, hey, shoot me your name and address. And uh, as soon as you shoot us your name and your address, uh, my team will add you to our, our list of people that we are uh, sending books out to. And the week of June 22nd, you will get your book. So again, you just want to... So to get things started, uh, text the word champion to the number 469-809-1201. So cool, man. So cool that you're doing this, Ryan. I really appreciate you. What a gift. What a treat. This has been a morning of of treats. Danelle, thank you again for always delivering. I have a couple people that are sending me messages going, hey, can we... uh, can we get that Danelle segment? Is there any way you can send that to my team? <laughs> I love it. So thank you again, Danelle, for serving. Thank you, Ryan, uh, for serving. William, Trevor, Liza, Joy earlier today. My man, Coach, absolutely bringing it. You guys are all phenomenal. And to think it's just Tuesday. Today is just Tuesday, and we're not done yet because now we have the amazing Chris Winfield and Jen Gottlieb. If you don't know these two, I don't know what's wrong with your life. These two amazing superhumans help other people on such a massive level. They help other people get on TV. They help other people figure out their uh, media and their marketing and how they're going to blow up their businesses. They're just a beautiful, beautiful couple that shines such incredible light out into the world. Two of my faves, Chris, Jen, the mic is yours. Hey, champions, guess what? The Breakfast with Champions podcast airs live every single day, 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. only on the Clubhouse app. So make sure to download Clubhouse and go check out Breakfast with Champions. You're not going to regret it. See you there. Glenn! Oh my gosh. Hello. What an introduction. Thank you, Glenn. We love you just the same. And we're so excited to be here in this room because, I mean, today especially, I mean, Breakfast of Champions is always bomb, right? It's always the best of the best. But, like, let's be real. I mean, what Danelle just brought, and then now, like, I mean, I'm going to go get that book ASAP, Ryan. I'm, like, Googling right now. I'm so excited. And we actually, what what we're going to talk about today flows perfectly, I think, with everything that Danelle was talking about. And so I love that Danelle and I are, like, I feel like you're my sister, girl. I'm, like, every time I I hear you, I'm, like, oh, my God, I was totally going to, like, expand on what she's saying right now. I'm, like. We're, we're totally in flow with each other in this weird energetic way. So I'm obsessed with you and I love you. And I'm really excited um, of how your segment went because it'll flow really well for everybody into this one that we're going to bring to you all today. So hi, friends. I'm Jen Gottlieb. Chris is my amazing fiance and business partner. Chris Winfield, what's up? What's up? What's up, champions? Hello from New York City. Let's get this going, Jen. 
Yes. Okay. So what Chris said is, yes, we, we are in New York City. Flash your mics. Is there anybody here right now in this room on this stage that is also in New York City right now at this time, in this moment? Is there anybody else here? I see Thomas is flashing his mic. Yeah. Okay. So Chris and I, uh, really quick, you know, um, Glenn was very correct. What we do is we own a, a PR and marketing company. Um, but what many people don't know that have just met us, if you've just met us on Clubhouse, is that our, our company used to be primarily a live events company. A live events company, We the majority of our revenue came from hosting live events in New York City. We hosted these epic events uh, called Unfair Advantage Live where we would connect entrepreneurs to the media in person, help people form authentic, valuable connections because we truly believe that I mean, the real unfair advantage in life and in getting in the media and creating your brand and building your business is relationships. So we would we would help people create those relationships. So, you know, coronavirus happened and um, we had this event planned for May um, of last year. And clearly we had to completely pivot. We had to postpone. We had to reschedule. Uh, if, if you're here right now um, and you had an event that you were either hosting or going to that didn't get to happen because of coronavirus, just flash your mics for me really quick. I want to see who else is. Yeah, Glenn's flashing his mic. Ray Rowe, Marcus is flashing his mic. So a lot of us had to had to make a big pivot and we had to stop going to events and we had to, you know, make them virtual and create these experiences and, you know, hunker down and really learn how to make those connections virtually. And Clubhouse really helped in a big way. But something's happening, y'all. Something something really cool. And, I, and I'll, I mean, I'll tell you what's happening in New York City. Things are, things are opening. Things are opening back up. People are coming back out, right? Things are, things are opening. And the vaccine's happening. Like it's, it, it's happening. We're getting back into real life. And Chris and I were at dinner last night and I actually had this moment where I said to him, I was like, I'm, I'm a little like out of practice with connecting with people in real life. And I know that like real life things are going to start to happen again. And I feel actually like a little anxious and like a little weird and a little scared and a little uncomfortable making real life connections. Like I kind of am like resistant to it. And sorry, guys, I'm going to ask you to keep that thumb on that on that uh, little microphone that you have there because I want to like feel the room out a little bit. Flash your mics if you feel the same way. Maybe if you're a little hesitant, you're maybe more introverted and you're a little scared to get back out in there, Scott, Diane, right? And some people are like, hell no, Jen, I'm itching. I cannot wait. But, you know, it, it you know, our, our company, it's called Super Connector Media. And so we're like connectors. That's what we do and that's what we believe in. And I even... I'm having, and Chris was saying the exact same thing, right, Chris? You want to chime in on this conversation that we had? Yeah, it's just so much change, and I, I think that there's this, uh, the there's a lot of things that are lasting in terms of getting used to doing things virtually, getting used to you know not being, and and we we traveled quite a bit in the last. Um, in the last four or five months, but it, it's still this this feeling of I don't know. It's it's like almost brand new again, and anything new or any type of change, uh, our brains are, we're conditioned to react to it and to be you know it, it's change is always scary. Yeah. So the first thing we wanted to do here is to like totally acknowledge the fact that like okay maybe we're not crazy like even though we 
hosted events. It, like our whole entire company was based on hosting events, and a lot of our um, a lot of our business is about going to events and connecting with people. And we're like, oh my god, if we're feeling nervous and maybe scared and a little bit weird or uncomfortable going out and connecting with people in real life, I'm sure that other people are too. And we actually are having our event in New York City. Oh my god, we're doing it again in October, and. What we do at this event, Unfair Advantage Live, is before people come to this event, we, we coach them and we train them on, on really how to go to events and be able to rock the room. Because we have this media mixer where we invite like all, like hundreds of um, the top media people all from all over the country to come and connect with entrepreneurs and people can get super, super nervous and scared, understandably so, including myself, right? I mean, hello, I still get really nervous when I get into a room full of people that I know could help me um, and that I know you know, could possibly move my life and my business forward. It's just natural and normal. So, and, and a lot of the people that come to our events are, are more introverted. So we coach them and teach them how to rock any room. And we're like, oh my gosh, people are gonna start going to events again. And I think it's a cool opportunity to get on Clubhouse right now during and, and talk about this situation and talk about our tips and tricks to being able to rock any room in real life because we're let's be real we're all out of practice and um and and we actually have like we have an entire structure and strategy around it that i use personally and and i didn't just create it out of nowhere guys i created it from forcing myself to do it because i'm actually ironically very introverted and i've had to create these tools and tips and tricks for myself to be able to go out into any room or any networking event or any event that either i'm hosting or i'm attending and be able to go and make the most of it and also like be my best self so what we wanted to do for this conversation is to talk about how to start to to rock any room in real life and make make authentic connections that can move your life and your business forward. Um, so who's into that? Flash your mics if you're like totally about this conversation. I just wanna see who's with me, who's into this, who's excited to talk about this, about starting to connect in real life and make authentic connections, because that's what it's about. Okay, so let's dive in. So I, I have this like little, you know, it, it's like a framework of how what to do before an event, during an event, and after an event. And what I want you guys to do is think about this. This does not have to be um, a big networking event that you are attending. You could think about this for yourself as a lunch with a friend for the very first time after being, you know, or somebody that um, you're meeting someone that maybe you knew on, you met on Clubhouse and you've never met them in real life before. Or maybe you're going to um, a party and you're quite introverted and, and, and you, 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 don't, you don't really like going to these things and you always have kind of a yucky feeling before you go. Or maybe you are going to a networking event specifically for your company to make connections and you're like, wanting to make the best out of it but you always have that moment where you're like you go and you're like eh, i don't know i kind of want to leave and like i don't really know what i'm doing here or i don't really know how to make conversations or i hate networking right like how many people have actually said i hate networking in their lives i hate networking flash your mic nate chris winfield <laughs> hates networking tony hates networking so we're gonna talk we're gonna teach this in a way that's like this is the anti-networking way to go to events and crush it so it's a completely different mindset. So we're gonna talk about before events, during events, and after events so that you can just feel absolutely amazing and walk away with powerful, real, authentic connections that can move your life and your business forward and real win-win relationships where everybody's helping everybody. So 
let's start about, let's start with before you go to the event. So let's say you're like, all right, I'm doing it for the first time since COVID, since being locked down, I am going to go to an event and I am scared shitless, but it is the day of the event. And these are the things that I do that get me into peak state so that I can go in there with confidence. Because if you don't prepare, and you don't get clear on A, what your goals are, B, how you wanna show up, and C, what your out is, like what the end is, like how you can get out of there if you need to, you're gonna go in and you're gonna be nervous and you're not gonna show up as your best self. So a couple of things that I do before I go to an event is the first thing is I, I love on myself. I love on myself because if you can't fill yourself up you can't give to other people. And when we get into the during the event part, it's all about giving to others. It's not about figuring out what you can get from people. It's all about figuring out how you can help people. So if you're gonna go and pour into people, you need to pour into yourself first. So before any event, I schedule in, like, like Danelle was talking about, right? Scheduling in time to love on myself. Now for me, that means affirmations and that means getting ready. So, so many, so much uh, of the time, maybe we, we don't schedule in or um, like put in time for us to really get into a state of being like totally ready to rock it. And I know that when I'm wearing a great outfit or I've done my hair or whatever I've done, like I put myself together in a good way, or I went to the gym that morning. What did I do to make myself feel more comfortable? Think about it for you. Is it you know, putting on that really amazing pair of heels or putting on that suit or doing your hair, doing your makeup, if you're like whatever, whatever makes you feel confident, schedule in before that event at least one hour to get yourself ready to be the version of you that's like you 2.0, right? We all know that like, I know who Jen 2.0 is. It's like the, the gen that's ready to go, the gen that feels that extra oomph when she walks into a room. I know what outfit I can put on. I know what I can do to my hair and makeup to make me feel that way. Spend, schedule in an hour to love on yourself and get yourself ready, okay? Jen, let me uh, just share one tool that Please. I use. Uh, for, for, I, I use this every day, but it's especially powerful for something like an event or a big meeting or anything like that. So, um, I don't know about you, but like when I wake up in the morning, I don't necessarily, my mind doesn't go right to today's going to be the best day. All these amazing things are going to happen. It starts to, it, it starts to worry. It starts to think about things that are coming up and, uh, you know, not necessarily think of them in the best case scenario. So what I do instead to help that is I write out, I take out a piece of paper and when I journal in the morning and I write out how my day is gonna go in the best case scenario. So if I'm going to an event, then I really write out detail by detail what's gonna happen, but I don't think of it like, oh, well, I'm gonna go there and be socially awkward and not meet anyone or anything like that. I write it out, I'm gonna meet, uh, I go to the event, I feel amazing, I feel calm, confident. And I, I'm, I'm compassionate, I'm, I'm open to meeting people, I meet the most amazing people. I do all of these things and I write it all out in best case scenario with future gratitude. So as, as if I feel how it's already coming to me and the amazing thing is then my mind starts to believe that. It starts to think that, all right, we've already done this. We know what we're doing. So when I walk into that room, when I'm going there, I feel, uh, I feel more calm, I feel more confident. And you know, inevitably the most amazing things happen. 
Chris, I love that because that was like the second one. We're not, we, by the way, we're not looking at the same notes right now. We're not, and he was like totally on point because after you've gotten ready and you've really loved on yourself and you've affirmed that you're a badass and that you're amazing and that you can do it, right? We say all of those affirmations. Then I just visualize it going exactly as planned. And I love, 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 love writing it down in future gratitude. And we've talked about future gratitude here on Clubhouse, uh, on Breakfast of Champions before, just saying you're grateful for things as if they've already happened. So writing down, I'm so grateful this event was incredible. I met three new people that have, that have become best friends. I felt confident, I felt amazing. I flew and floated around the room like a butterfly and it was fun. And when I got home, I felt like I did my job and it felt unbelievably fulfilling, right? Tricking your mind to believe that it already happened and feeling that gratitude for it. So I love that, Chris. So you're, you're ready to go, you've loved on yourself, you've visualized, you've done your future gratitude, and then I want you to set a goal for the event. It's so important to go in with clarity and intention, right? Because clarity equals confidence. And so give yourself a goal. So maybe that goal is, all right, I, and you make it a game. I'm gonna meet the most interest, I'm gonna find out who the most interesting person in this room is. Or my goal is to, get the contact information and help at least three people in this room. Or my goal is to help one person in this room. Or my goal is to um, take four selfies, right? Like play a game with yourself and give yourself a goal so that you know when you're going into that room, you actually have a strategy or something that you need to do so that you're not just standing around, right? You're actually like, all right, I'm gonna walk around and I'm gonna find out who the most interesting person in this room is right now. Or I'm gonna walk around and I'm gonna figure out how I can help at least three people here, right? And that's going to give you give you a game to play. So if you're more introverted and you don't really know what to do when you get into a room of people, now you actually have a goal, right? And the last thing that I like to do personally is I always like to set up what my out is. I don't necessarily use my out, but I set it up so that I know that I have this intentional block of time where I'm going to achieve my goal. And once that goal is done, I am allowed to leave, right? So I'll say, okay, Jen, I make a deal with myself. Your goal is to connect with three people and figure out how you can help them in this room right now. Or your goal is to find the most interesting person in the room and figure out how you can help them. Whatever that goal is, how can you pour into people, make, that, make your goal based on other people, not yourself, but we'll talk about that more. And when that goal is achieved, you can leave. And then I give myself a reward for achieving the goal and I make a deal with myself. I remember I was at an event not too long ago and I really was feeling resistance to going to this one party. I was tired, I didn't wanna go, I was feeling more introverted and I said to myself, okay, Jen, you're gonna go to this party and you are going to meet three people, you're going to make great relationships with three people and when you are done, your reward is that the next day you get to go shop and turn your phone off and go shopping for a few hours and just like zone out. But you have to go to this event, right? And give it your all and meet these three people. I find that when you play a game with yourself and you give yourself a container and you give yourself an out when you've reached that goal, it makes it so much easier to walk into that event and absolutely crush it. It gives you so much more intentionality about what you're about to do. Because you're like, okay, I have an out and I'm taking care of myself. When I've done this, I can go celebrate with myself. So that's, that's the before the event, right? So you're gonna love on yourself, you're gonna schedule in time to get ready, you're gonna visualize the event going as planned, you're gonna do some affirmations, you're gonna write your future gratitudes, 
I'm grateful that this event went absolutely amazing. And then you're gonna set your goal and decide that you have an out and what that reward is for that goal. It's not a lot. It'll probably take you an hour to get ready and 10 minutes to do the other stuff. But you guys, if you go into that event with that in mind, with all of that prep work done, you are going to get so much more out of that event and you're gonna feel so much more confident. All right, let's talk about during the event. And I want Chris to take this one because Chris is the ultimate super connector. And Chris, can you can you talk about the number one thing that you want to do when you go into a room? Um, and it's the opposite of what most people think of when they're when they're networking. And I'm going to ask you to read my mind right now, but I think you're going to say the right answer. <laughs> I hope I do. So I, I, one of the things that when you think about networking, you get really nervous because most people hate making small talk flash your mic if you don't like the idea of small talk and meeting somebody for the first time and and trying to make conversation um so you, you get nervous about that you get nervous about how to introduce yourself all these different things so one of the most important things that you can do to flip that around and to make yourself the most interesting person in the room is to be the most interested person in the room. And there's a, the, one of my favorite quotes of all time is from Maya Angelou when she said, people forget what you said, people forget what you did, people never forget how you made them feel. So if you think about that, when you're going into an event, a meeting, anything like that, and you're meeting new people, one of the easiest ways to put yourself at ease and to also make the other person feel amazing is to simply ask them questions. So ask them questions about themselves because what is everyone's most favorite subject in the world? Me, 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 me. <laughs> yes, Glenn. Exactly, exactly. So I've had conversations with people where I've just asked them questions and hardly said a word about myself. And then them saying at the end, wow, this was the most fascinating conversation I've ever had and amazing things coming as a result of that. So that's a, a huge hack is to just flip it around. So go into rooms asking questions and you know being actually interested in people and it'll make it so much easier for you and it'll also make those people feel amazing. Yeah, you never have to think about what to talk about if you're just focused on being curious about other people, right? And that's our biggest fear sometimes is what am I even going to say about myself? How do I do my pitch about what I do? Don't even worry about that. Just ask people questions. It is the key. Figure out how you can help people in the room. H-O-P-E, help one person every day. So now people always ask me like, how do you keep track of all the connections that you make at events? And there is actually a strategy that I use that is really fun and different and easy and also great when you follow up. It's a great tool that you can use for the after the event when you're following up with people. So the way that I do it is I don't use um, business cards or take people's business cards or anything like that or say, you know, oh, like, um, yeah, we'll get in touch on social media later. The moment that I meet somebody, and this is a great icebreaker as well. So the moment that I meet someone, I say, listen, I'm doing a challenge. I'm trying to take selfies with everybody in the room <laughs> or I'm trying to take selfies with at least 10 people here so that I can like remember this moment and have pictures with all the cool people that I met. So I immediately say, all right, let's do a selfie challenge and then, or, you know, I'll say I'm doing a selfie challenge. I invite you to also do it with me. It's a really fun way to connect with people. I'm taking five, you know, selfies during this time or like, let's take a picture, right? However you want to do it. 
So taking that selfie breaks the ice, right? Because it makes it fun. You take a picture with that person. And like when you take a selfie with someone, I feel like you immediately make a connection. So I take the selfie and then I say, hey, let's connect on social media right now. And I pick one social media platform. Don't like do all different ones. You want to have all your connections in one place. So usually I will use Instagram. Um, but it kind of depends on where you are, what kind of event. Maybe you're at a corporate event, so you would use LinkedIn. Maybe you're at, you know, more of a fun event, you use Instagram. You can pick and choose. But let's say for me, I'm on Instagram. So what I do is let's connect right now. You connect really quick, you follow each other, and then I immediately DM the person something that has to do with the conversation that we just had so I can remember them and I can follow up in the appropriate way. So that way you have the DM conversation already opened. So when you go do your follow-up later, you're going to have a whole list in your DMs of all the people that you connected with, with something that you guys talked about. And then the selfie will come in handy later. The next day when you follow up, hey, I wanted to send you this amazing photo of us. I loved meeting you and you have that selfie. So not only did the selfie help you guys connect for that moment that you had, break the ice, you can have a conversation, you connect immediately on social, you message them in their DMs so you have that person and that conversation that you had right there open for you when you follow up and you mention something that you guys talked about so that you don't forget and then you've got the selfie there to follow up with the next day. So that is my my favorite, favorite way, I've tried a lot of different ways to be able to keep track of all the people that I meet and also have really fun conversations and more of a fun way to follow up after. So that's something that I would recommend to you guys to do when you are networking at events. It's I call it like the selfie game or even just using social media DMs as a way to keep all of your all of your contacts that you make in one place. Um, and then the other thing, you know, the, the, to avoid awkwardness in the room. So flash your mics right now if you just like absolutely hate when there's like maybe two or three people, maybe like you're early to the event, there's only four people and it's really quiet and there's like awkward space and there's nobody talking and it's a little bit weird and it makes you cringe and it makes you feel really uncomfortable. Nate's flashing his mic. Chris is flashing his mic, Alpha 6, yeah, it's painful. But guess what, you guys? Everybody else in the room feels it too. So what I found is the best way to get through that is to invite the elephant into the room. Acknowledge the awkwardness and say, because vulnerability is what creates connection at the end of the day, I love to say, hey, this is awkward, <laughs> right? Like this is awkward or I'm really nervous right now or I haven't been to an event in a full year and like I am so nervous. That breaks the ice and it gives the other people around you an invite to also be vulnerable. And vulnerability is what creates connection, right? That's automatically, right? Like well, even when I say that, don't you exhale? Right? Like if I get, oh my God, this is so awkward right now, you guys. I haven't been in a room in, in real life in like a full year and it's so quiet, isn't it? Like, isn't this awkward and weird? And they'll be like, oh yes, I feel uncomfortable too. And you guys can actually have a conversation about being uncomfortable. And usually what that's ha what's happened for me with that is we'll say, all right, guess what? I'll be your buddy for the rest of the event. If you ever don't have somebody to talk to, you can come over to me or you can look at me and we can be you know each other's buddies as we navigate this event in an uncomfortable way, right? So invite the elephant in the room and be okay being vulnerable about the fact that it's awkward or that maybe that you're you're out of practice or that you're nervous. And that will actually create a deeper connection with the people that you are around. Then my last tip for during the event 
is to open up the circle and encourage other people to do so. So you know when you're standing in a circle, we tell people to do this at our event and on Fair Advantage Live when we're coaching them about the media mixer that they're about to go into. You're standing in a circle, maybe there's three or four people and you know, you've know you got your drink or your snack or your, you know, your hors d'oeuvre and you're talking and it's always really painful and awkward to be the person that's at the outside of the circle that's kind of trying to get in and can't really get in and doesn't know how to get into the circle. So be the person if you see someone lingering around the circle that you're talking to, be the person that opens up the circle and pulls the person in that is, you know, surrounding, you know, being the, the little fish that's, uh, that's swimming around the circle. Be the person to open up and bring them in, right? And then ask, ask them a question, bring them in, make them feel good, make them feel loved, make them feel important. You never know who that person is. And by you opening up that circle and inviting them in, number one, that makes you look really amazing and inclusive to every single other person that you're talking to. And everyone, everyone else is going to be like, oh, wow, that was really nice. I'm going to do that too. But it also makes someone else feel included and incredible by you. And again, what's your goal for the event? To make other people feel seen and heard and to pour into people and to help other people in the room. So open up the circle. All right, let me let me review really quick what we've what we've talked about for during the event. Chris, I'm going to let you take the take the first one that you talked about to review and then um, I'll go for the other ones. So the first part that I talked about was just writing out uh, the, how you're, how it's going to go. Uh, so day by day, just do it in the morning, then going to the event, instead of worrying about how, what are you supposed to say, or how do you make your, how do you make small talk or how do you make conversation? Instead of that, think about how you can be interested in other people, ask them questions, ask them questions about themselves, about what they do, and then just let it flow naturally. Yep. And then so during the event, other things that you're going to do is you're going to you're going to do my little selfie challenge if if that resonates with you. It's super fun for me and it's a great way to be able to keep every single contact that you make in one place. So you meet someone, you say, hey, let's take a selfie. You take the selfie, you immediately connect on one social media platform for the night, you keep them all there, you DM them about a conversation that you were having so that you don't forget. And then at the end, you have an entire list in your DMs of all the people that you met with selfies of that person so that when you follow up, you can send them a selfie. It's a great strategy. And then, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna remember that you're going to invite the elephant into the room. If it's awkward, say it's awkward. If you're uncomfortable, say it's uncomfortable. It's gonna give somebody a breath of fresh air to be able to be vulnerable with you and connect in a deeper way. And then the last tip is to open up the circle. If you are in a circle of people that are talking and you see somebody outside of that circle by themselves, open up the circle and invite them in. It is a great opportunity to make somebody feel seen and heard and included. All right, the last thing we need to talk about with events and how to rock any room in person in real life as we open up into the world and start going to things and making connections is the after the event, which is the most important part in my book. The follow-up. Flash your mic for a follow-up. Follow-up is the most important thing to me and Chris. We're, we're in the media. Um, that's what we do. We teach people how to get in the media. We have a PR agency. Oh, someone's got a hot mic with a dog. <laughs> um, and and follow-up. The fortunes in the follow-up, you guys. 
pleasantly persistent. It's all about the follow-up. And whenever we hire people at our company, we always say to them, the first thing we say is we're obsessed with follow-up. And, and we know that if someone does not write us a really beautiful follow-up email that day, um, then they're out of the running because follow-up is the most important thing. So how do we follow up after events? Chris, I would love to hear how you follow up after events and then I'll circle back in um, and share how I use that amazing social media list to do some follow-ups. Yeah, so the for me, uh, the a little bit different than with the selfie. I'm not so much the selfie challenge person <laughs> that, uh, that Jen was talking about. What I like to do is I like to get somebody directly on text. Um, so if there's somebody that I think that there's a win-win relationship, because at the end of the day, let's, let's, let's be real. So all this stuff that we're talking about is, yes, you want to be of service, you want to help people, you want to do all that. But you're also you're going to an event um, to most likely to grow your business or to grow your network or to grow your personal development, whatever it is. Um, so there, you're always looking for win-win relationships. And the, what I'm looking for is when I, when I identify that, when I really connect with somebody and I think that there's something that we can do together to help each other um and you know to grow in, in one of those areas i just mentioned like i, I want to get that person on text and i right away like for me is just following up with them um and really leading with uh, a lot of times like i, I want to make somebody feel amazing about um meeting you know we always want to leave somebody feeling better um, so just following up with them and then getting, moving that to a call, um, if they're here in New York City, if I'm still in town, uh, you know, a meeting, um, but that's for me how I go about it. Yeah, I love it. And I love that we, we are sharing two different ways because some people aren't going to be like the selfie person. Some people aren't going to be the social media person. So I want you guys to know that there's a lot of ways to do it. We don't care how you do it. Just make sure that you do it because the event doesn't really matter if you, if you don't follow up consistently with the people that you met. Right. And, um, like we said, the unfair advantage is connections and you want to continue to make not just, you know, like whatever connections you want to make deep, powerful relationships and connections with people. So for hey, me, Jen, I'm sorry, yes. sorry. I'm sorry for cutting you off. You mentioned an event in New York city. I got the tail end of it. I'm sorry. I live in Brooklyn and wanted to know what the event was about the date and time. Thank you. I'm Diane Dixon. I'm passing the baton back to you and sorry for cutting you off. I didn't mean to. That's okay, Diane. Well, we, we can share about our, why don't you just DM me about our event? If you're interested in coming to our event in New York. Share about it, Jen, real quick. All right. <laughs> Um, so our event's October 20th, uh, 21st and 22nd in New York City. Um, it's called Unfair Advantage Live. It was the event that we were talking about that we had to postpone because of COVID and we are doing it again. Um, it's, it's an epic event where we, we connect entrepreneurs to the media. So anybody that has a service, a story, a business um, that wants to get it out into the world and wants to make powerful connections with people to help them do that and learn how to get their message out there, learn how to hone that messaging and actually meet media that can help get that message out there. Um, that's what the event is. It's three days full of content, learning about you know branding, messaging, uh, PR, media, how to pitch, how to network. And then we do have an epic, epic um, media mixer where we bring in actual media people and have people meet with them. And that is where this, um, this training is actually from when we teach people how to get go into that media mixer and really rock it and be confident and be able to make powerful connections. So I hope that helps, Diane. 
if you're interested, you can DM me about the event and we can give you more information. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. I, you I, are so I, welcome. You. Okay, thank you. Amazing. Okay, so for me, what, uh, when I follow up with people, I if, if I've done it all in social media um, and I have them all in my DMs, the cool thing is, is I can just open up my Instagram the next day and look in my DMs and they're all in one place. And then because I wrote something to that person immediately about the conversation that we had, I remember what we talked about. So my thoughtful follow-up will always have something to do with the conversation that we had and something that they shared with me. So maybe they shared with me that they're going on vacation with their family next week to, I don't know, to Hawaii. So I will follow up and say, it was wonderful meeting you. Have the most amazing time in Hawaii with your family. I would love, 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 love to, you know, catch up and figure out how, you know, how I could help you even more or how we can possibly work together on so-and-so-and-so, whatever. That one Hawaii thing um, or that one word or that one topic will remind me what the conversation was about and then I figure out how I can pour into them and then we'll set up a call. So it's always going into that DM box and going to each person and um, following up on the conversation that we had. And then on top of that, if you want to go cray cray, you're going to have all these selfies in your phone as well with all of these people that you met. So what I also love to do is say, hey, here's that awesome selfie of us. Uh, feel free to post it. And so then you're giving them a gift. You're sending them a picture because that gives them content to share on their social media. So I love sharing that, that selfie that I took. This is an amazing picture of you. Sometimes if we host events and I have a photographer there, um, I will always, you know, a great way to provide value to people that came to the event is sending them really great pictures of themselves. So I'll say, hey, here's this beautiful photo. I just wanted to send it to you. You look amazing in this picture. Uh, just think about how you can provide value in that follow-up. The follow-up is never about you. It's always about them. It's always about how you can provide value to them. So think about the conversation that you had, follow up, and think about how can I provide value? How can I compliment? What can I give them? And how can we set up that follow-up call that Chris was talking about? Um, and then, you know, the last piece is consistency when it comes to follow-up. So many people, including myself, back in the day, and I still sometimes do this, I'm not going to lie, get overwhelmed with the amount of people that they have to follow up with and they follow up once or they send one text or one DM or one email, the call never happens and then they don't follow up again, right? And then that connection that could have been an, a bomb ass connection for you turns into nothing. So consistency is key. And I know Chris does this really, really, really well. Um, I know because he did this to me when we first started dating, but he, he consistently sends people memes or photos or quotes or says that he's grateful for them on a regular basis. And Chris, I'd love to know, do you have any strategy around that to be able to remember like who you followed up with, how many times, or like, is there certain people that you really work on being consistent with? Like, how do you stay consistent with your follow-up so that things don't fizzle and people know that you're in it for the long game to make a really powerful relationship? Again, it goes back to just identifying the, the the right connection. So the the ones that you really want to pour into. Um, so going back to is this is this a win win? Is this somebody that I can grow with? And prioritizing that. So in this case, it's more about quality over quantity. So for example, you could go to an event and you know meet ten people, fifty people, hundred, whatever it is. And, you know, not every single one of those people um, is, is going to be the right match for you in terms of what you need and at this point. So 
what I do is I just think about that. Um, and he, I mean, for me, I don't have like a tracking system around this, as you know. Um, I, um, you know, I, I, I just do it by feel. Um, and then I move it into once it becomes an opportunity, if that's what I'm looking for, then I move it into like our CRM, that type of thing. Awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, what I do is I like to simplify it and I'll pick like, maybe I have that list of DMs that we talked about you guys, like from that one event, maybe I have 20 DMs. Um, for me, I'll focus on three at a time, right? For me, that's like all like, cause I want to be able to really pour into those people. So I'll say, okay, who are my favorite three that I know I could create win-win relationships with? I'll follow up with every single person, but I will really, really, really hone in on three for a certain period of time. Right. And then when I have a little bit more space, I'll hone in on another three. And when I say hone in, I mean, pour in to that person. So consistently follow up with them, say, hi, I was just thinking about you, right? Like sending you so much love. I saw on your social media, this was happening. I hope you're enjoying, right? So I'll have those top three that I'm always working on from my list of people. And then that'll grow and grow and grow. And then, um, and then I'll just have, you know, open text messages or DMs with people that, um, that I'm consistent with, uh, as, as you go. But if you simplify it and you just, if it's hard for you to keep track of a whole bunch of people at once, Focus on three at a time. Focus on one at a time, right? And just be consistent. Don't fall off and be that person that met someone and then just stopped messaging them because it like never turned into a call or anything. If you really want to make a powerful connection, follow up. And it could just be saying, hey, just thinking about you and sending you love. Or, you know, hey, I, I saw this that, you, you know, you were featured in blah, blah, blah. Congratulations. That's amazing. Um, I'm going to share it on my social media, right? Be consistent with those people. And then the final, final, final thing is we talked about this in the beginning. It's give yourself a reward for accomplishing your goal. And I am huge on celebrating yourself because if you don't celebrate your wins, you're not going to try to win anymore because you're, you didn't follow through with the celebration and you didn't get that, that dopamine and serotonin hit at the end where you actually reward yourself. So you went Went to the event, you were uncomfortable, but you had a goal, you set it, and you achieved that goal, right? And you put it in a container and you said, when I, when I achieve the goal, I can leave. You did it. So at the end, give yourself that reward, whatever that reward is for you. And every single time you do the thing that was scary, you put yourself in the uncomfortable position, you, you accomplish the goal, you're going to know that you can trust yourself to give yourself that reward at the end. And what is that going to do? that's going to make you actually accomplish those goals every single time because you know that you stick with the commitment that you make with yourself to give yourself that reward at the end when you've crushed it. So that's it, you guys. Those are our tips to networking. I guess networking, you could call it anything, connecting in real life as the world begins to open up again and we start to go to live events again. We start to host live events again. Um, and it might, and you know, I want you to guys to just know you're not alone if you feel a little weird or anxious about it and you're a little out of practice. But hopefully, some of these tips that we gave you can really help you go into those live events or those situations where you're in real life and, um, and remember how badass you are and make those powerful connections because at the end of the day, your true unfair advantage in absolutely everything is relationships. So let's go out there and make some powerful, powerful connections and pour into people and figure out how we can help one person every day. Um, so this is Jen and that's our segment. And I would love to open it up. Uh, we have a few minutes left. Just if any, like one or two people would like to share, um, ask a question. I'll share something real quick, Jen. Please, Glenn. So, as you were listing out, like, your steps for the event, it reminded me 
uh, it was about, I guess it was about five years ago. Uh, I was working at the dealership and we got an invitation on our desk. Josh Cummins, the owner of the dealership, got an invitation to a housewarming party with uh, Tom and Gail Benson, the owner of the New Orleans Saints. And they had just bought a property in Paris, Kentucky, a horse farm, and they were inviting all the local business owners to come over and see their new place and shake their hand, right? And so as soon as he showed me the invitation, I'm like, dude, you gotta, I gotta go with you. Like, I gotta go with you. He's like, of course, of course you're going with me. And so I got the date and I started doing research and prepping, just exactly like what you were talking about, right? Doing the research, prepping for the event. So I, my goal was there was gonna be 200 people at the event. 198 of those people I could network with and talk to at any time because they all lived locally. The billionaire owner of the New Orleans Saints, him and his wife, I knew I might not ever get a chance to talk to them again. And so the goal was get five minutes with Tom Benson. That was the goal. And pick his brain being a billionaire, pick his brain, but do it in a way that he feels incredibly valued. And so I followed that up by research. I started looking up everything about Tom Benson. I learned his story. I learned about how he started in the car business with a Chevy store, and then he built a bank and so on and so forth, and why he bought the Saints. And I noticed as, as I was doing the research that he always had a gold tie. He was always wearing a gold tie in every single picture that I saw. And so I went and I bought a, a special hex tie, a gold hex tie that I knew he wouldn't have. And I bought that. And I read How to Win Friends and Influence People again for the 900th time so I could get a reminder of how important it was to say Tom's name, right? And, and, and to have this conversation. And so we went into this event. There's hundreds of people. Tom Benson is kind of blocked off on one side. Like he's sitting on his patio and there's three rails around him. But then there's another side and there's a line of people that are just saying hi to him and talking to him about the saints and so on and so forth. And what I had learned is he only bought the Saints to save the city. Like, he loved football, but not like that. Like, he loved the people of New Orleans more than he loved football. And he loved cars more than he loved football. And so everyone was talking to him about football. And so I couldn't, like, get to him. And I finally told Josh, I'm like, Josh, the goal was five minutes with Tom Benson. I'm going to make this happen. So I jumped the rail, sat down with Mr. Benson, and started talking to Mr. Benson using the skills from How to Win Friends and Influence People. I started talking to Mr. Benson about what he cared about most, which was cars and his family and helping people in the city of New Orleans. Fascinating conversation. Fast forward, long story short, he ends up inviting me back to his table for dinner, me and Josh Cummins and Josh's wife. We talk. Everyone leaves. He invites us to stay. He takes us downstairs. He shows us his trophies and all his memorabilia and his private areas of his house. And then he invites us to come watch a game at the New Orleans Saints Stadium, the Mercedes Dome, to watch a game with him in the owner's box, go on the field, meet the players, everything. And so we take the picture, we do the selfie, we store the conversation, we share the contact information. The very next day, I call his office. I'm like, Tom Benson said we can come. They're like, dude, the game's not for like five months. You need to call later. I'm like, okay. A month later, I'm like, Tom Benson said we could come. They're like, dude, the league, the season doesn't start for four months. Call later. Next month, I'm like, Tom Benson said we could come. And finally, the season starts. We get the tickets. Me and Josh Cummins go, and we get to watch a game in the owner's box 
with the owner of the Northern Saints just the, right before he passed away. He ended up passing away a few months later. We got to tour the practice facility of the Pelicans and the Saints, got to meet the players, uh, autographed footballs, all of those things. Amazing experience. And then we got invited back the next year. So I got to take my son the next year and take him on the football field and do all of those things. And it all was because I followed the strategies that Jen just laid out. I made sure I prepped. I made sure I had a goal. I made sure that I knew and understood the the power of asking questions, like what Chris was saying, asking those questions. And by doing all of those things, we've had lifelong memories and experiences that never would have happened any other way. So Chris and Jen, what you two just dropped was an absolute masterclass. You guys should totally take note and execute immediately. Thank you for this. Woo-hoo. Thank you, Glenn. Yes, Glenn, what a, what a perfect, perfect example and story to throw in at the end of this. You guys, it works and look at your fearless leader, did it and magic happened. Like you guys, oh wow, Glenn, I freaking love you. You're amazing. And like he seriously like practices this on like the daily basis and that's why he is the creator of Breakfast with Champions and such an amazing soul. Um, so yeah, you guys, I mean, it works. So uh, Again. all that I laid out. And if you guys um, have any questions or anything about it or, you know, I'm always available via DM and so is Chris, you guys can just DM us. Um, and we've got one minute left. I mean, does anybody else want to share? I do. Jen. Oh, Glenn, you wanted to chime in again? Well, I was just saying, I saw Nate Mike flashing also. Oh, okay. Nate. No, I'm definitely wanting a mic flash because you guys killed it this morning. I'm sitting in the Chicago airport. What a better way uh, on a layover to Las Vegas. And what a better way to spend the uh, morning than just listening to you talk about how to uh, handle yourself at events. I'm sitting here planning. I almost, went deeper into my notes planning for a speech that I'm going to make in Denver next week. And I'm so glad I tuned in because I picked up so much, including when Chris said, just ask questions. And I teach this to my clients over and over and over, and I need to get better at this, but asking better questions, asking better questions and showing up. And when you talked about just loving on yourself before you get to the events, that's what we all need to uh, uh, lean into is uh, just giving ourselves more credit, more love, more attention and uh, asking questions and just uh, whatever we can do to make other people feel better about themselves and leave events making other, people's feel better, other people feel better about themselves. So I appreciate you, uh, uh, Jen and Chris. I always get so much from you guys anytime you unmic and share. And I got a lot out of it this morning. I appreciate you guys. Thanks, yes. Nate. Yeah, same. And I think Credit Ninja had something to say. I love hearing Credit Ninja. Let's hey. go, Credit Ninja. Oh my God, Jen, you are, you and Chris are my absolute favorites. I mean, talk about like strategy that really is down and dirty. I mean, sometimes when people give tips and so forth, it's so vague. When Jen and Chris gives tips, it's like, here's, here's, here's the blueprint, guys. Get your nose paper down, notepad and pen down. My favorite saying on this app, and I'm, I'm very similar to Jen and Chris, is that I don't mess around. Like, write that shit down. I mean, you hear it once. This is money, guys. Do you understand? Like, Jen and Chris are part of a, a, a group, called, mastermind group called War Room. And the people in War Room are dead serious about getting results and making those big steps. So you guys are getting something that's worth like 30, 40, 50,000, $100,000 right there. Um, yeah, it's Dream 100. Exactly. If I were a guy, I'd be Glenn. 
like, but I'm a girl. So um, I do the same thing with my potential Dream 100. Dream 100 is being able to meet the people that you need to meet and making that, that list and then finding a strategy. It's about strategy. Don't go doing something blind. Find out about them. What do they do? What, do, what is their favorite wine? What, where do like, they like to travel? What's their, really, what's their story? Like when I found out about, I was on a stage uh, with Breakfast of Winners and um, Mr. Ke the CEO of Ketchum was on there. I did a little bit of research and found out well, how did he retire? What did he do when he retired? He ended up like, uh, you know, crabbing, you know, he, he would be fishing for crabs and stuff like that. So when it was my turn to speak, I connected to, with him on a different level about his retirement and what was his purpose. And nobody else talked about it. He has, oh my God, you really did your research, didn't you? I connected on that level and he started following me right away. So my point is, you got to hit them at the heart. How do you connect with them on a deeper level, not, not just surface level, but deeper level? And to that, I always bring gifts. So if I was to meet them, I find out what they like. I also bring something that is part of me. Like I would bring them something personal, like, like my Credit Ninja candle or my swag and stickers if they had stuff for the kids. And guess what? They would give the gifts to the kids and they would post it on Instagram and said, look at my kids, your credit ninja stickers on their you know bicycle or on their laptops that's how you connect with them not on a surface level but on a deeper level and you you leave them an, an imprint in their heart what did you do what did you say that you will be remembered and that way because they meet so many people they talk to so many people there's so many you know interactions on so many different platforms it's so distracting how are you going to stand out how will you be remembered is how you network. Credit Ninja, I'm done speaking. Yes, Credit Ninja. And she really does practice what she preaches with this because I got to see Credit Ninja in action at a live event and that is what she's about. So thank you so much for sharing. I love you, girl. You're you're truly amazing. Um, all right, so it's 11.03. I am so grateful. Chris, I know is so grateful too, if you wanna chime in, Chris, uh, that we got to share this hour with you and we got to talk about connecting in real life and I really hope that I get to connect with you all in real life sometime soon as the world starts to open back up again and I hope that you guys actually take action on these things that you learned today, not just from me, but from Danelle, from Glenn, from everybody else that shared. Uh, th this is the place to be every single Jen, morning. Yes. I have one last thing that we left out. What did we leave out? We can end on. So there's this unbelievable tool that I want to share with you all. And Jen and I use this on the, like if we're in an Uber, for example, on the way to an event or a big meeting or a TV interview or something like that, we do this exercise using this tool. We ask the driver to put on a, a specific song um, or to just let us hook up to Bluetooth. And we each say this out loud and it's called the Oath of Manifestation. I believe it's by a, a woman named Cheryl Ward wrote it. And I'm just going to read it to you real quick because you can bring this into the rest of your day and the rest of your week. So it's really, really simple. You say this out loud. I accept and receive unexpected good, unexpected money, 
unexpected love, unexpected kindness, unexpected generosity, unexpected offers, unexpected prosperity coming in unexpected ways from unexpected places in my life and the life of others. I'm constantly guided and boldly empowered to receive the lavish abundance of the universe. I accept the principle that abundance and prosperity have already been given to me. My acceptance makes it real and opens a space for manifestation to rush in. I open wide the doors of my consciousness to receive and to give. It is done now. Through this oath of manifestation, all things are possible. I declare absolutely that I live in a friendly universe that is always providing for me. I feel it powerfully happening now. I open or see more abundance and to give more abundance than I've ever experienced before. I can afford anything I desire. In fact, I'm so prosperous I need never worry again. I'm grateful for all that I already have and grateful for all that I am ready to give. I keep myself lifted in high consciousness no matter what the appearances are. God is all there is. I let the God times roll and so it is. And so it is. I, I love that you shared that. That is true. Chris and I read that every single time we have something that we're going to. So as part of that loving on yourself and affirming to yourself before you go into the event, read that Oath of Manifestation. We can send it to you guys. If you just DM us, say, I want the Oath of Manifestation, we will send it to you. Yeah, um, send that to me. I love that. Let the God times roll. So good. <laughs> it, it's so good, you guys. I'm so glad you read that, Chris. That was beautiful. Hey, I actually needed to hear that. Jess. Yes. You guys record that and that way you could just play it back on your phone because I do that stuff. Oh yeah, we could totally record it and play it back. But there is something really powerful about saying it, you know, saying it out loud. Whenever I say, you know, like, Ugh, I accept and receive unexpected good, like it just, it, it flows through my body and it, it helps you get into peak state before you go do something kind of scary. So if you guys want that oath of manifestation, just DM us and we'll send it to you. But um, Glenn, you there? You want me to throw it back to you to close out the room? All right, there, I'm gonna close out. Okay. There, there is no it? way I'm following what Chris Winfield just dropped. Absolutely not happening. <laughs> well, Glenn, we'll send it to you so you can have it too. It's it's so unbelievably powerful. But you guys, thank you so much for being here with us for Breakfast with Champions. We do this every single day, uh, 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern. Glenn Lundy, top left-hand corner. He is the incredible human being that started this epic breakfast table. So make sure you are following him. Make sure that you join us every day and every single person on this stage with a green little star or green beam or green bean, whatever you wanna call it, is somebody that comes in here every single morning just to pour into you. So you wanna make sure that you follow everybody on stage because uh, they do other clubhouse rooms. We do other clubhouse rooms. And if you wanna learn from the people on this stage, um, if you're following them, you'll get to see throughout clubhouse where they're speaking and, and learn more. So my ask always every time we we end these sessions that we do, my ask for you is to take action. And I know Glenn was talking about this earlier after Danelle spoke, but you guys, you can listen all day to all of the great tips and tricks and strategies, and you can get really inspired, but you know, momentum and motivation and clarity don't come from sitting around and listening and learning. I mean, you know, it's great to sit around and listen and learn, but it really comes from implementation, from taking action. So take at least one thing that you learned today in this Breakfast of Champions room and put it into action in your day today. How can you do one of the things, just one, get really, really simple because that one thing, once you do it and it feels good, it'll probably turn into wanting to do another thing. So start to take action. Do, do, how can you implement something that you learned here today? So that is it. My name is Jen Gottlieb, um, Chris Winfield in the bow tie. That's my partner and fiance and um, all the things in life. You want to say bye to Chris, go chime in.
Yep, I'm super grateful for our time together this morning. Have an amazing day and manifest and make shit happen. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. All right, everybody, unmute and say goodbye, and we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. Many blessings. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.